What's happening? How are you? Uh, welcome to Ari Shapiro's Skeptic Tank. Um, first and foremost, before I start, I would just like to say that my album that came out, Revenge for the Holocaust, that came out on Tuesday, was number one on iTunes for like five straight days. I can't believe it. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. I cannot believe that. It was all like legit people too. The whole top ten was like all like legit people. Like... Like like Louis C.K. and George Lopez and Jim Gaffigan, Aziz. It's like all like people they've all said yes to, and then me and Tom Segura. I fucking love it. And we're like first and fourth. It was fucking great. There's a different way in now. Anyway, I'm so I'm so fucking stoked. The people seem to have really liked it. I'm really glad. Uh, if you haven't gotten it yet, please go get it uh, from iTunes, Revenge for the Holocaust. I'm really happy with it. I'm really happy with all the response I've got and the way you guys have shared it with each other. Um, I really appreciate that. That really helps get the word out when you tell all your friends and stuff and you Facebook and tweet about it. And if you want, go to the iTunes page and leave a comment. I read every single one of them. I'm not going to lie. I go there and I read every single one of them. So, um, yeah, do that and I'll be totally stoked. Um, so anyway, let's get to the episode. Uh, today, I, I, I was in Austin, Texas. I was doing Cap City Comedy Club and I did morning radio like you do in a lot of places. But in Austin, it's one of the cool stations. Because they have uh, this guy, Dale Dudley and Bob Fonseca, run a show, Bob, Dudley and Bob, or Bob and Dudley, Dudley and Bob, I think so, uh, with Matt Beard in this comic. It's kind of like Opie and Anthony, the same sort of dynamic. Um, two radio guys and a, and a comedian. And it's one of the cool stations to do. It's always been fun and pleasant. They just shoot the shit and talk like normal people do. They don't try to like interview you. It's fun, and I enjoy it. But this last time we were doing it, and Dale uh, brought up sort of casually, sort of in passing, the idea that he might have been uh, had some sexual molestation in his past, in his childhood. So if you know me at all, you know immediately I was like, would you do my podcast? Uh, and he said yes. So he came out of my fucking dinge box hotel room and, uh, and we talked for a while. Uh, it was really cool. I really am happy. This is the exact reason I did this podcast. I just want to hear like a non- emotional version of what happened to someone's life. That's all. And Dale Dudley did that. He was able to like break down just the sort of details of it and, um, you know, what effect it had on him. But he wasn't looking for sympathy. He wasn't like pushing for a sympathetic ear. He was really just stating it how it went for him. Uh, and I really, really liked that. So thank you very much, Dale Dudley. Uh, a quick thing about our sponsors. Um, if you go to Gamefly.com slash Ari, there's a 15-day free trial um, they give me like, like 12, 15 bucks if you do that. Uh, the other one is amazon.com. If you guys, I guess this is the one that most people have been using. Um, if you go to my website, com, which you can go by the way, to get all my tour dates, um, and anything else, access the forum. We have a forum about this, about this podcast and a bunch of other stuff. Um, uh, and my other podcast, punch drunk, the sports podcast that we do. Um, um, but if you go there and there's an Amazon link on the front, on the, on the right-hand side, if you click on that Amazon link, it takes you to Amazon, and then you can just do your regular Amazon shopping, 
like whatever you were going to buy. Like let's say you were going to buy like a, like a, a pickaxe because you were thinking of killing uh, your wife. Uh, so what you would do is you go to AriTheGreat.com, AriTheGreat.com, uh, go to and click on the Amazon link, go to Amazon, and then look through the pickaxes section or the trailblazers section. Um, and then you find a good pickaxe. Make sure to get the right handle. You also write a good sharp point. You don't want to like hit her and just sort of like bruise her. Uh, that's uh, that's going to get you in a lot of trouble. No, you want to get through the, through the skull on one shot. So you want something not too heavy. You can really, really kill that bitch. So uh, go there, get that, uh, shop for it, and then I'll get you know a percentage back on your murder weapon. So uh, I know it's hard. Sometimes I forget too, even when I'm going to Amazon, but try to remember. Somebody suggested this once that if you go uh, to my website and click bookmark, and then bookmark that as Amazon. Then just every time you go to Amazon, you'll just go. It'll take you to my book, my page, and you can just click on the link, so you'll remember that way. So anyway, anyone who has been doing it, I really appreciate it. Uh, and just like everyone who's already bought the album, uh, thank you very, very much. I cannot believe I went to number one on iTunes. First of all, for anything, but it was like five straight days. Jesus, I'm so stoked on it, you guys. I'm so stoked. All right, let me do some quick dates. Um, because this is the reason I do all this shit. I just got back from Indianapolis and Toronto. Toronto is always fun. But let me just do October and November real quick. Um, I'll just run through them. Phoenix on the 5th with Joe Rogan and Joey Diaz at Phoenix Live. Um, San Diego, La Jolla, California, the 12th and 13th with Steve Simone and Steve Renazzisi. Who knows who's headlining, which shows. Um, Washington, D.C., the Improv, uh, the D.C. Improv on the 19th, 20th, and 21st. Please come out to that. That's my hometown club. I'm stoked on that one. Um, my next storytelling show, This Is Not Happening Presents, is the 24th at the LA Improv. It's Wednesday the 24th. It's $5. All the money goes towards Planned Parenthood. So I don't want it. And uh, I think we're all doing Halloween stories because it's a week before Halloween. So October 24th, 5 bucks. You can definitely come to that. I'll start putting them up online probably the end of October or the beginning of November uh, for $2, the old ones. Um, like once every two months, probably. Anyway, but uh, in the meantime, let's keep going to dates. So, Portland, uh, Helium Comedy Club, the 25th through the 27th. Um, then November, we got Calgary, Yuck Yucks, the 1st, 2nd, 3rd. Uh, wow, Chicago, Chicago, Illinois, on November 8th, me and Joey Diaz, an enchanted evening with Joey Diaz and Ari Shafir. It's the big show. Get tickets now. They're available now on Ticketmaster. That's a big show. It's, we're making an event of that. Everybody represent. Uh, then the Manhattan on the 9th and 10th, I'm doing shows at the stand for the New York Comedy Festival. And then I'm doing like a 6 o'clock show on the 10th at, um, at the stand. I'm doing a live podcast. So that should be fun. And then that's it. Oh, and then the, um, the 28th through uh, December 2nd is Minneapolis House of Comedy. And the 27th is my next storyteller show after that. It's Thanksgiving Stories. So anyway... Again, thank you guys very much if you got the album. Thank you for sharing it with your friends. Thank you if you left comments on the iTunes page. If you haven't, fucking go and leave it. I'm so fucking stoked, you guys. Thank you very much for, for, for getting that album on iTunes right now. Revenge for the Holocaust, $79.99. Do yourself a favor and help me. <laughs> um, and then for New Year's, I think I'm going to be in San Francisco. Details to follow. So, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you a pretty good one. Pretty damn good one. Uh, Ari Shafir. And Dale Dudley, Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, episode 80, Chester the Molester with Dale Dudley. Here we go. Oh, 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 oh.
expose yourself to kids Do it now before they grow up and it's too late Find an elementary school And use this child Pull your pucker in front of them and masturbate Say I'm a pervert It's okay Otherwise, yeah, I just go. I just wanted to start. All right, let's just start. Hi, Dale. Hey, Ari. All right, I do intros later. <laughs> I don't right. want to pop people down. How's it going? Uh, it's good. Thanks for coming over here. Well, thanks. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, you're welcome. So I'm wondering how we should start this. Just talk. All right. Yeah, that's what I do. Well, first, I've yeah. known you for a few years. Yeah. Uh, which is nice. You're yeah, you guys of, always say nice stuff about, about us. Huh? You're one of the cool radio guys. Am I? Yeah. I mean, not you're not cool. <laughs> I mean, like, it's cool radio. No, there are people who, who who are listening to this podcast right now who live in Austin that would disagree with you. But, yeah, we try to – I don't know, man. We try to do it a little bit differently than everybody else in the country is doing it. And I don't know how much longer we'll be able to do that. But we're trying to you – know, Why? Because of the death of radio? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, – you know, we've been very good. It's, we've been doing it a long time. Twenty. I've been on the air here 25 years. And uh, – it seems the same station. Yeah, and it see radio seems to be more attracted to dumber and dumber every year. The least controversial, the least uh creative and more music, more more horrible music seems, yeah. to, seems to start doing really really well, so. It seems like in all art, especially in movies I've noticed it too where it's like um there's just this like I don't know, like generalizationing of everything. We're dumbing, just like, dumbing down. Yeah, like let's go to the middle. Let's make sure no one's offended. The most possible people could be into this, but no one's going to be blown away by it. No, that's why you see so many superhero movies. I got nothing against superhero movies, but you just see the same. Let's let's stick to the same formula no matter mm-hmm. what, and let's never, you know, talk about the the big issues. Or you go the other way and you just pander to one side. Like we have an AM station in our building that is completely panders to the right. Uh-huh. And I mean, in ridiculous ways, they have like a retired policeman who, uh, this old redneck and I'm a, I'm an old redneck too from Texas, but yeah. uh, I tried to crawl my way out of the stuff I learned, <laughs> but it's this guy who just sits there the and goes, he says stuff like, uh, you know, quote Bible quotes and actually just says the mo- most ridiculous stuff that this audience buys into. And it does very well. does really well. Ugh. Yeah, enough yeah. people can be like, yeah, I like that. Don't don't yeah. offend us. But no, we've tried to do something, you know, on the Dudley and Bob show, which now, you know, and even now, the name sounds silly. Like the name of my show mm-hmm. sounds silly because we named it in the early nineties. Yeah, when you had to. So it's kind of like that whole, you know, we have our podcast is called Taint and Teabag. We had, we don't do it. We've only done it once this year, just because we're doing so much broadcasting all the time. Yeah, we're doing you know twenty hours a week, so we don't get a lot of time with families to get together for our podcast, but our podcast really took off, you know, last year and it's called taint and teabag. And it's kind of a spoof on our own names because Bob, Bob, <laughs> yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait came in one morning yeah, and you could tell he just didn't want to do radio, that he'd done so many bad radio shows. That he must assume you're, you're awful. And he got, yeah, he assumes you're awful. And he goes, uh, uh, you know, ugh, another taint and teabag. And we stole that name from him and I, he hasn't sued us yet. But so when I hear, when he, when I actually, sometimes when I'll say you're listening to the Dudley and Bob show yeah. on KLBJ FM, the, just the idea that you had, that you named it with that whole, uh, you know, Mark and Brian. Yeah, Kevin it's all the Bean, same thing. Check, you know, that whole name thing. And I got nothing against Mark and Brian or Kevin and Bean. Just 
there are times when I just want to go, you know, why didn't we just name it? Why didn't we just, you know, name, name it? whatever you wanted. Choose one of our names or something that was a little less silly. Uh-huh. I was talking to Rogan about this, how a lot of podcasts now, do they have like a, a theme song they play every time? Mm-hmm. And I was like, why are you doing that? That's old radio shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. know. I don't know. We're just supposed to, I guess. No, but it's, uh, you know, it's been, and it's, and We've seen so many. We've been on for so long that we've had a, the same thing goes for us with comedians. We've had all the comedians come through, and we have our favorites, and we have our least favorites, and then we have the ones that we won't have on anymore. And then we, you, you have know, those guys that you're like, why they're terrible? No, we won't have. There's just certain people we won't have. We can't have on anymore because it just doesn't work for us anymore. You know, I'm not going to name yeah. certain names, but then it's really weird because we're not a major market. We're a you know we're a large market. Austin's like a medium to large market. So what happens is we get the guys that come through the comedians that come through who are uh, either on their way up or on their way down and, <laughs> yeah. then, and then there are a few who just explode and we never hear from them again or we never see them again you know like, like a Ron, Daniel Tosh type yeah like Ron White was a good friend of mine you know he's, I still consider him a friend it's just that you know he's so mega you know rich now and has several houses and I, I, yeah and I barely hear from him I think, I, I think he'll call me at Christmas once, once in a while and, really? and say hello well, that's sort of sucky. You build relationships with people, and then it's suddenly it's like, oh, yeah. I never but get you to know that you know, you know there's two kinds of relationships. There's your real friends, yeah, and then there's your show business friends, Pete and then there's people work, in show business, friends. and there's people in show business that you know that if if they hit really big, you'll have you know your friends will talk about them, and you'll go, hey, yeah, that you know he's a friend of mine, but he's not really a friend of yours. He's a show <laughs> business you friend. Of you. It's not yeah. somebody who you hang out with a lot. They're like, yeah. have you ever hung out alone with him? That's usually the answer to me. And I was like, if I've never hung out alone with somebody, then right. it's like, yeah, I mean, we're only so-so friends. Yeah, it's a whole show business thing. But, but you know, it's been great because having Joe and having you and, and our favorites come through is always – It's not. there's no pressure for me, literally, because now when a new comic comes on, uh, I have to – I've given the comedy thing over to Matt, who's a comedian on our show, who's yeah, very, a very good. funny guy, and I let him make the decision because on he – on the comedian that's coming on oh. our show because he knows the up and comers and he knows who's a good fit because I hate some, a comic coming on our show yeah. and, he, and he's coming in with, with, he's coming in thinking we're a terrible radio show because there's so much terrible radio that they have to do. Yeah. Like, and I, and I'm not trying to sound pompous. I'm, I'm saying, no, there let, is, <laughs> let me explain for your listeners what we're talking about. Most radio shows, when they have a comedian on, they don't get into talking about, uh, you know what happens when you die and the chemicals released in your brain and the stuff that we get <laughs> yeah. into when Rogan comes on or when you come on. Yeah. What happens is most radio stations are are a slave to this new people meter and they're scared to death to expound on anything. So what they do is they get um, they they get they ask the, the comedian what bits does he do what bits can he do in five minutes Ugh. and then they do this cheesy setup where they go hey Ari Shafir is playing at Cap City Comedy Club tonight so Ari uh, what's it like yeah it's the worst to grow up in a Jewish household and Bob it's and Tom are like that and it's this yes yeah, it's, it's horrible it's, they're like give us your intros like, and you know not to, knock the ra- not to knock the radio and that's probably why I don't know how much longer it will last because it's just it's one of those things where we've had to you know really fight and it's been like it's been like a roller coaster to to continue to do what we do, which is actually have conversations with people. I never ever in twenty in, in twenty five years, I've never had a comedian come in. I had one guy come in and want me to set him up with bits, yeah. and it was and I was in a really bad state of depression, and I went with it for about an hour, and it was the worst fucking radio <laughs> I've ever done. It in just my seems so life. fake. Don't you want to know who that is? Yeah, but I don't Craig, know. Craig Gass. 
Really? Craig Gass wanted to come in and have me pretend that he was Tom Arnold for an just hour. So- and it was fucking horrible. And I just felt like I was robbing our listeners of any kind of honesty but i was so i remember being so depressed at the time it's like i just i'll go i'll go along with the, like with fine the, you just then, give in and then hour two he wanted to switch into being ozzy and it was oh it's just brutal but when you like i'm talking circuit I need we, to get back we, to where i was yeah here. but having you know you guys come in uh and do that kind of where you are comfortable and you know you're not coming in uh, to that cheesy bullshit because it's 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 a disservice both to the radio listener and it's a disservice to the comedian yeah i like listening on the way into radio stations to like hopefully they'll be cool and i'm like well whatever you were talking about if i have my two cents about it or if i just want to keep talking about it yeah or i don't know whatever i think you're the first comedian we've done a pre-interview with in we just started doing that and i noticed that when you came in we didn't do anything on the sheet that we asked you about oh yeah we had our producer pre-interview yeah i noticed that after and then when we got in it's like oh hey ari just keep up with us and yeah. just keep going with what we do, you know. So. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you can see probably somebody's super bored with the subject, right? What's that? If some comic is like super bored with a subject. Yeah, you're get, talking about you can sort of see it. You'll get some comics come in and they just they, they're they're not awake and they don't want to they don't they, they don't want to play along and you, and uh, and that's that's okay. Unprofessional. And that's why uh, you have uh, you know you have. Uh, that's why I was getting back to what I was saying. That's why it's tough to have a comedian, a new comedian, come on because you, you don't know anything about them. You don't know anything about them, and you—they're coming in thinking that you're going to be one way, and you're coming in thinking they're going to be one way. Yeah. And it's a hit and miss proposition because you don't know if if he's going to be real cool or if it's going to be some guy who's just bummed that he has to do morning radio. Yeah, I don't mind those. I think those are older guys, right? That I don't want to be there. I always thought it was like this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to get up and do radio and try to get people to come to your shows. Yeah, and I, I, you know, the old, there, and there are there's just shows, the radio shows that just don't don't. You know, I come from a comedy background. I kind of got you did stand up for a while, right? Well, terrible stand up, but I was <laughs> I was around back in the day. You know, I was friends with uh, friends, show business friends with. I was friends with Bill Hicks. Okay, uh, show business friends with Bill Hicks, and I was at you know. Uh, went to his funeral. I was uh, uh, so I was around those guys for a while. I was kind of in a. You know, when they were, uh, they had already taken off, and I kind of got into it a little bit in the early 80s and realized real quickly it scared the shit out of me. Comedy scared the shit out of me, standing up in front of a crowd of people. And I'd done radio since I was 17, but I was trying to do stand up too on the side. And so I kind of just molded the radio show after that, you know, just like. After that form? Yeah, and we, we stuck to wanting to have comics on and, and do comedy and make people laugh. And, you know, our, for your listeners, our show's a four hour talk show on a, on a rock station which is a rare beast these days yeah you don't hear about that it's a like lot. the ona format mm-hmm. where it's just like I no just, i love ona and i love howard you know howard kind of broke it open for everybody oh, yeah not recently you know the agt stuff but you know everybody's got to make a living what's the agt stuff the america's got, got talent, talent stuff but uh yeah howard's yeah. turn now seems like he's just an old man yeah and i get I, I get into those. Uh, you listen to some of the shows, and you just get envious to, of the freedom. Listen to O and A, you just get envious of that kind of freedom, you know. Yeah, and, but then they have problems too once in a while. Oh, it's ridiculous! It's just there's always somebody st- that wants to stick their hand in it and make a mess of it and control People it. People don't know. We've been very lucky. We've been very lucky to have you know uh, ownership and and management, but they're under pressure too. I mean, we, it's it's been a weird year for us. It's been you know up down and all around. So, man, yeah. Just, I remember seeing Craig Gass, me and uh, Joey Diaz took some acid and went to watch um, Pink Floyd or whatever was left of Pink Floyd do the right. wall. Yeah. Stable Center. We were trying to scalp tickets. I mean, we waited till the last day. They were playing it like six days in a row. So there were no tickets to be had. And we're there downtown LA on acid and Craig Gass walks by 
And he um, he was like, you guys going in? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, we're probably not going to go in. And he just kept talking to us. And at some point, he left. And Joey Diaz was like, why would you talk to someone outside a Pink Floyd concert and assume they're fine? Assume they're not on anything. Like, you're barely keeping reality. He just yeah. keeps yapping. I don't have a problem with gas. I just have a problem with that day he came in. He just wanted to do his impression. Imp- and I don't have a problem with impressionists either. It's just he wanted to do that thing where, he, where we pretend. Fake, where we fake the audience out. Yeah. You're faking it. Yeah, last night. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't. You guys ki- almost. You guys tried to kill me. Right? You guys, you and Rogan tried to kill me a couple of years ago. You didn't <laughs> mean to. to kill you. We tried to but, help you. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't at all. Because that's the problem is when you're show business friends and you only see somebody maybe eight hours a year. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, right. you don't know them very well. So you guys came in and uh, I still wish I could party. I still wish I could really. I mean, I still drink a little bit, but I wish that I could party like I used to. And it was you that gave me the uh, THC breath strip. Yeah. How much of it did you take? Well, you said you gave me a whole one, and you said don't take more than half, yeah, or a quarter. So uh, my wife and I go down to this uh, German festival down in New Braunfels, Texas, down here. Yeah, it's called uh, uh, Worst Fest, and I'm not a guy, I'm not somebody who sits and talks to Bratwurst people, fest. to strangers. Yeah. yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a Bratwurst Fest. And I took um, I took half of it, I think, yeah. and I started sitting down with these ladies from Michigan. You know, they're wearing the whole. German outfits and well, the whole thing, and uh, I started. I was just gregarious and talking and saying hello and drinking beer, and then all of a sudden, I just got really sleepy and said, "Babe, we got to go home." And my wife drives me. We go. She knew you took that I, thing. Yeah, she. Okay. She, she's. She, you know, I'll tell. She's way cool. She's younger than me, but she's way cool. So we. We're dry- she drives home. We pick up my kid. I don't even remember picking up my kid. I went straight to bed, and I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. And I'm having the worst panic attack of my life. And I've had bad panic attacks my, my whole life. Um, I'm 50, but uh, this was the worst of the worst. No and way, I literally really? thought I was losing my fucking mind. And I was like, God oh. damn, Ari Shafir and Joe Rogan. I'm, I'm going to have to call 911. And I don't want to wake anybody up, but I want to wake my, my wife up. So I, I draw a bath, and I get in a hot bath of, of water. And I remember just having a conversation with myself as though talking myself down. I mean, I'm the but Yeah, that helps just, sometimes. Just going, look, dude, this is just the THC. That's all that's happening here. You aren't actually dying. It's going to pass. Just try to go back to sleep. And thank God, I'm, I've got pharmaceuticals like crazy. You know that I just keep on uh, pills. Like, yeah, like yeah. break, break. I just kind of I don't I don't take them regularly. I just have them just in case. Uh-huh. So I was able. I took like I think I took a half a, a full clonopin, clonazepam, and uh, was able to go back to sleep. But I, re- I really remember being this close to calling nine one one. Oh, that's like the worst was, move. That's consistently like, like the it, worst no, move in history. No, it seemed logical at the time. <laughs> yeah. And then it, and then I thought, what a pussy! I used to smoke pot like like a fiend. And so then I waited a year, and I still didn't do it again. And then about a year, uh, it's been Christmas two years ago. I guess the, the THC strip was about three years ago. And then a Christmas two years ago, my younger nephews who are in their, their mid-20s, uh, they're, we're at their mom's house, and they break out the pot, and we make a little pipe out of, a, out of an apple. And I no. go out and tried the same thing, like I, I didn't learn. And I thought, well, maybe I'm over at this What time. do you mean same thing? Well, this time I went and we were smoking it, right? Okay, yeah. And I... Uh, we're at Christmas, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting there. We go back in there, and my nephew had said something to me at the ta- at the at the table. He had said, uh, "Wow, you've just been really lucky your entire career." And I took it instead of taking it as a nice a, thing. A nice thing. I'm high, and I start just circling around that one. <laughs> what does that mean? And going, what does that mean? When's it going to end? And I had this just paranoid. So that's it. That's the last time I smoked. <laughs> 
I just can't. I can't tolerate. Yeah, the people who tell me that, I'm always like, when people are like, I don't like smoking. I'm like, come on, try it again. But when people tell me that, the that yeah. I know it, I'm like, yeah, and maybe not. So the show business friend thing. Anytime your name comes up, yeah, or Joe's name comes up, I, I always go, you know, well, they tried to kill me one time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Joe talking about it, and you're like, wow, that seems really interesting. And some like he was like, no, I don't have any or whatever. And then as we were leaving, I was like, I have one here. Yeah, Look, yeah, yeah. Enjoy yourself, man. Yeah, yeah. Because we here in Texas, we still live under these ridiculously draconian, stupid laws, and it's. It, I remember. I remember that was the first time, you know, the, that you guys had come through where pot had been basically legalized in California, and it's still it was still so foreign to all of us. Oh, yeah. we were, I remember us asking, like, "Well, what do you do? Where do you go? You you go to a pharmacy?" And then, what it's do you, amazing, what man. Do you, yeah, it's, it's just, unreal. It's, it's unreal. green crosses all See, over. You just pull over and be like, "Oh, I'll go in here." But we live, you know, we're that's the cool thing about Austin is I've grown up in Texas. You know, my, I was born here, and I grew up in a extremely. Uh, redneck. You were born in Austin. No, I was born in, in West Texas. Okay, and I was born in. It's it's what, what's been fun about my career is is growing up and getting to know what the real world is like, what people are like. And I grew up uh, in a lower class working family in West Texas of absolute fucking racist rednecks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know the 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 N bomb was used constantly in my house, like casually. Casually, very much wow. so. Not even casually, almost like it was a, a verb or an, or an adjective. In other words, if you referred to a black person, my grandmother would go, that, that you know, she'd say that, that, I don't want to say it, but she'd say that. That's such an electric word. Yeah, she'd say that blank woman. That's what she'd say. And then, we, and, you know, we were, we were also taught. And what it was, what I finally figured out was, uh, it came to me just the past few years, is what was happening was, my family was on such a lower economic scale that uh, you know, my uncles, aunts, and my my father, my mother, is that they had to have something to elevate them a little bit, you know? Oh, right, to be they above were, somebody. Were, at least we're white. Yeah. At, at least we're white. <laughs> yeah, that's so, a weird thing. Yeah. Right? Where it's I like I, the only the only Jewish people I ever even heard of was just watching uh, World War II documentaries with my dad. There were no Jews in West Texas. Did you think they had horns? And then East Texas. No, you know, they, Jews weren't really demonized because we grew up in this extremely, uh, extremely weird Christian church called the Church of Christ where they their biggest what, deal is... Was that Mormon? No. No, no, no. It's, they don't allow any kind of music uh, except singing. Okay. Any, anyone you meet from the Church of Christ can sing. Their, I can sing. To this day, I can sing well because it's all a cappella. Oh, okay. There's no music, but there were so, Weird. and there was there were no Jewish people out there, so I didn't get to know anything, any, anything, anything about Judaism. I didn't even understand the weird. I didn't even know anti anti semitism was because it wasn't around you. No, so I like, had no idea. Why? I mean, Jews were the people who got horribly treated in World War II, and that was it. And we didn't have the internet back then, <laughs> and it was, uh, and then, and then when I got you know into show business, I went, oh, they're they seem to be pretty prevalent in show business and uh, yeah so but what i say it was like moving to austin from the childhood i've had uh we live in this cool little uh island literally if you look at a map uh electoral map of austin or uh, texas giant sea of red some blue to the south and then you'll see just like this little bitty island of blue in the middle of central texas and it's kind of a uh, cool little. Uh, it's like an oasis. anti-ghetto. Yeah, it's really oasis. But we, you know, we still have the counties around us that are pretty uh, conservative and. Red so how bad is like pot here in in Austin? Well, I've always said there, there, there. I used to have a term for a North Austin called the Chicken Wire Curtain. There's a there's a county north of Travis. Austin's Travis County, and there's a county that hits in North Austin. Still Austin, but it's 
it's a new county. county. Yeah. It's called Williamson County. And literally, if you get caught with a seed in your car in that county, they'll arrest you. You'll be in jail for two or three days or a week, and you could easily lose your job, and it'll ruin your really? life. Yeah. Where here, oh, God. if an APD pulls you over and you just have enough uh, – or, or stop, let's say they stop you in Zilker Park, or you're smoking in Zilker you have a joint, Park. Yeah, they'd write you, they, they'd write you a ticket. That's it, and tell you to put it out. Yeah, step on it or yeah. something. I had a I had a yeah. people were scared yesterday. I do a thing once in a while um, where I just hide some edibles. Yeah, I was reading Twitter. And I was going, what what is this? And I finally figured it out. I said, you you put something in inside the comedy club and outside the comedy club. Yeah, just decide okay. a couple places to hide it, and then people have a little scavenger hunt. Right. Some pregnant lady found it. She gave it to her husband. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice. There was like 15 people out there trying to like. Run through the park. Yeah, you're totally safe. To find you, stuff. You're totally safe here. Yeah. It's, it, you know, that's kind of where where I've come on the radio show the past few years is just uh, you know the draconian, just ridiculous. You started to get against that. Like, I think angry my, about it. No, my big thing lately, my big thing, my big, my big deal, which kind of turned into a, a weekly bit that we did that got a lot of attention was uh, we did this thing called the God Squad. I just got to where uh, they're so annoying. I, I got to where I was. Uh, I became a huge skeptic, and I'm you're you're. I used to be a guy that believed in everything, like believed in God and believed yeah, me in too. ghosts. I used to believe in believe uh, in ghosts. Oh yeah, I used to believe. I still kind of like positive that I they're still, there. I still kind of hang on to UFOs. Uh-huh. I still, I still kind of hang on to that. There's something to UFOs, but it makes sense to people like the idea of like right. other life forms, right? But I, I got to where I was just getting so fucking preachy on the air, you know, pissing people off because. Uh, for me, the radio show has been therapy. I mean, I cry, I cry. I'll have a fight with my wife, and I'll go. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. On I'm air, going to talk about it. Yeah, all the way into work at four o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to talk about it. And the fucking mic. I crack the mic at six o'clock in the morning, and the first thing out of my mouth is, "I'm a fucking ATM machine." That's all I am to my <laughs> wife. I don't say fucking, but I want to say. Yeah. We should we should probably tell the people listening that you could hear our live radio show at klbjfm.com every morning. You stream it, or you can get it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stitcher, and you can get it on. Oh, really? Tune in. Yeah, you do t- regular radio shows on there. Too? The regular radio shows oh, on cool. Tune In and Stitcher. And if you don't, if you if you want the the podcast of every day is on KL, is on iTunes. Okay, and K- you do your K- own podcast. It's Dudley and Bob at KLB. No, the actual radio shows on. Okay, uh, a podcast, and then we have Taint and Teabag also uh, on iTunes, which is spotty. We're going to do a live one next week at Cap City. Did they take out the commercials for the podcast for um, for Dudley and Bob? Uh, yeah, it's all commercial free. Oh, the nice. podcast part of it is. You can oh, stream cool. it. It's got commercials, but they take the commercials out of the podcast. That's good. So, yeah. Yeah, do you view like uh, the microphone as like a, sort of another person, like a relationship you can talk to, like a therapist? Yeah, dude, it's been weird. It's just been my therapy. You know, and that's what's so frustrating with the, this new dynamic in radio is – uh, our hardcore fans love that we just come in and just talk and rap and just get into shit we're into. And now we kind of mix it up. And what we do now is we'll, we, we'll wedge the news in there and give our own spin on it a little bit, which is uh, you know kind of uh, more that way. But you're always in your head going, should I be talking about this right now? Is the cad- They're always worried now about the casual listener who comes by. And, and listens tune- for five tune- minutes. Listens for five minutes and doesn't know what he's hearing and tunes out. Yeah. Which is fucking stupid because you can look at the downloads of your podcast and when you see 25,000 downloads a day, yeah. you know there's a ton of people listening, but it's a there's a My friend when I started this uh, my friend Brian Redband told me that he was we did something on like bulimia or something and he was like you got to know who your fan base is. It's dudes and I was like no I don't. I have to just do what I want to do and then my fan base will be built based on that. People love conversation. They just you know, you want to hear a good conversation. I know mm-hmm. I've downloaded uh 
you know, I've done Doug Benson's podcast. And, uh, you know, when you do radio for, uh, every day like I do, the last thing you want to do is, is fucking listen to more radio, right. right? But then when I do take the time out to download a podcast or if I have to go on a trip or something, I, I'm always blown away at, well, this is going to suck. I'm not going to listen to this. And then all of a sudden I – I realize I'm 40 minutes into it, yeah. and I was, and, and no, was it was it the best thing I've ever heard in my life that made me laugh the whole time? No, but I got to listen to two people having a conversation, oh, sort of a real conversation that had, that had a that, that that I was interested in. Some guys who whose IQ was above 80 who uh-huh. actually had a little bit of a normal conversation, Ancient perspective, maybe right. So the radio show I've gotten to where uh, I, I've just gotten really fucking sick and tired of people. Uh, and maybe it's because I'm addicted to social media. I'm the worst. I'm on gotta Facebook, let that shit go. I'm on man. Facebook and Twitter, ridiculously amount long amounts of time. And I always tell my wife it's because the I've got to be know what to talk about the next day. But I got to where I just got really fucking sick of religious people telling telling you what to telling. Do. And in Texas, you hear it all the fucking time. We have a governor who gets up and prays for rain. How is that allowed? I don't understand how it's allowed. It's, it's a public no, official. No, and that's the thing. It, that's the thing. You know, uh, like you're talking crazy was, talk. I was I watched a speech this morning with Romney and Romney promised to, to not take God off of our coins. Who gives a fuck about the God being on the and it's this and what it is is it's even if you're religious and you're listening to me right now, you should be offended that they have the audacity to pander to you that way. Yeah. So I started doing this on the air and it starts pissing people yeah. off when you say stuff on a regular radio show that you think that you you don't think you think all religion is made up. Yeah, you you will get a little pushback, and the pushback was pretty fucking strong from people. They would write me and go, "I'm not listening to you anymore. I can't listen. This is all you talk about." So what we did is no, but after a while, it's like fuck you. I've been made to feel like an asshole for not believing in stuff for years and years and years. Like I'm the idiot, but then it's like shut up. How about I say my opinion? Are you atheist or yeah? I, I used see, to be I'm, agnostic, and well, then see, I would, I'm agnostic, and I know that just, piss, I know that pisses you off probably. Yeah, but I'm still that guy that goes I because of brainwashing. Yeah. I sit and worry about, um, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for this. Yeah, what if I'm wrong, though? Do you know that feeling? Yeah, well, I had it for a while when I left the faith. Was, it, was like, it was like, you still have to give it up for the possibility, a clear possibility that, you know, maybe it's oh, out there. Oh, I don't think that I'm going to be judged by the God in the Bible, the Christian Bible that I grew up with. I think that's all complete fucking bullshit. Who do you bullshit. think you're going to judge by? I'm, I'm worried that I'm going, to, I don't think I'm going to be judged. I just worry... I, I still hang. I have kids, so you get this weird thing when you have kids. I've got. I, I it, to me, it's a big bummer that we just fade out and not, and there's nothing else. That's kind of a bummer yeah, to me. It sucks. It sucks. So it's, let's make up a good story, right? So it, with a happy ending. It's kind of like we. Uh, I feel like we. Uh, uh, we're we, we're living the biggest practical joke ever. You know, we're just. What do you mean? Wh- well, we're here. Why? Why the fuck am I? Why? Why is my consciousness mine? Yeah. And yours is your, yours. If we're just here to keep the thing going. So who, then why do we have to have any kind of emotion or, or give a fuck about anything if, yeah. we're just, if we're just robots? So I hold out this eternal hope that there's something. But then the more I read and the more atheist blogs or the more uh, research I do, you know, listening to uh, uh, oh uh, Haw- Dawkins and all those guys, you go, oh, fuck, we just go to sleep and that's it. Yeah. And that's, that's, and, just, and that's what that's people always <laughs> care about, their legacy and stuff. I'm like, why? You won't know if it's yeah. good or bad or how people remember. You'll be gone. But the good news about that is I've stopped, I've stopped beating myself up for some shit that I've done in my past, which I was doing for a long time, you know, uh, drugs, hard drugs back in the early 2000s and, 
you know, treating some people badly. So I've, I've tried to cut myself some slack that I'm living life well now, you know. But that thing where – so get back to the point. The radio – I got to where I was doing this on a commercial radio station, you know, just popping the mic open yeah. and uh, calling especially Rick Perry out for the shit that he does in this state where he just – panders to and that's the other thing that pisses me off it doesn't piss me off if politicians who are just clearly it, going it, for votes well it doesn't piss me off if you're a believer i mean that's that's something that's in your heart that you you know you have to work out and figure out for yourself what pisses me off is that you're trying to hit a button that uh that perks up old people sitting in their houses who are near death and you know got the maybe have a they maybe have 10 or 15 so 20 years left ways. and you you're hitting a button letting them know hey i'm the guy because i'm the guy that's going to just reinforce every fucking thing that you believe forget all the people uh who are younger who question all this ridiculous bullshit the idea that you're taking a myth and shoving it into policy yeah it's, it's a policy fu- it's it's a it's a, it's, a, it's a it annoys me and then i you know so on the show my 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 uh, partner matt matt beard and funny guy uh he, uh, Matt will be part of Taint and Teabag, by the way, at taintandteabag.com. Okay. So that's that's on iTunes. But, um, you know, Matt would go, man, it's a, you just need to calm down. It's, it's, uh, he's of that ilk of your beliefs or your own beliefs, and that's fine. And I am too. But I, I, I don't think we have time anymore to f- fucking deal or allow people to shove mythology yeah. into policy. Or into into our laws and what we're doing. With to me, our I want to be like, society. hey, shut up! That's got no place here. No, it's got no place. And the, the, if you want to fool yourself in your own time, but, that's fine. But the problem is, is that now people th- people think that you have to show some sort of. Res- I don't have to respect your fucking beliefs at all. I have to respect your right to have your beliefs. Yeah. But once they come into the conversation, even if we're having drinks, yeah, I never got that. When people say they got to respect people's beliefs, I'm like, no, 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 if I believe in Buddha and you believe in Jesus, then I have to disrespect your beliefs. I have to say, right. you're wrong. Yeah, not not to the point of... of, of uh, You don't want to be violent or anything, but no, just no, say... No, no, like, I'm saying, when it, when it, when it, if, it's something that's, if there's something on the table that deals, that, that's in both of our lives, then your bullshit should stay out of it, and so should mine. Yeah. And that whole bullshit that well atheism is a be- no it's not a belief it's the it's the lack of a belief and it's and it's the thoughts that we do not want myths invading what we yeah you know what we I have like to that. do to raise our children like I I fucking battle this all the time with my wife she my, wants to give well, God no your my kids. wife my wife is kind of uh, uh, tacitly goes along with me but my mother in law will take my kids to church and my kid will come home and he'll go daddy Jesus is going to save us all and all this and I and he's six and I, I'm at that point where I, I don't know whether so I just go I'll, I'll go Jacob it's a story right you know we'll talk about it at some point when you're old enough but right it's just a story he goes no dad it's gonna you know it's gonna, it's gonna rain forever and these horsemen are he doesn't say stuff like that but you know what I'm saying he, comes he sort and, of believes he'll it he'll come and tell these stories because he's been taken and uh, and you have to tell him it's just made up mm-hmm. my dad used to work for this guy in Israel who was uh, non-religious completely but he would um he would let his kids be raised religious. And whenever they're like, you should come to the synagogue with us. He goes, leave me alone. I'll let you go. I'll pay for your education, but I want no part of it. Well, we're seeing it now. I mean, you and I are talking on the Saturday after uh, all the shit's gone on with this movie that's been on online. You know, and I'm, oh, yeah, they I've, found- been, I've been th- reading about it a lot. And, uh, you know, in America, we were educated enough to know there's a First Amendment and then you can offend anybody you want. I thought that I think it's stupid that the guy did it. Like, why would you purposely go fan the flames of the ignorant? Right, yeah. And, and ignorance is a charged word. People think you're insulting them. No, ignorant means you just, it's, you're not, you don't have knowledge about a certain subject. 
And so it's like those guys at Mardi Gras who sit in the yeah. middle of Bourbon Street with a giant cross saying you're all going to hell. And if you go online, what are you going to do? What are you going to get from that? Yeah, you'll read an article about the about what's going on, and you'll you'll see a post from some random stranger. And I'm, and I'm a terrible troll. I'm just terrible. I, <laughs> I, I take sport in logging in and and uh, actually debating with people. But there, you actually will read um, someone saying, uh, "Well, you know, uh, Islam is." It's been proven to not be the real religion, and we it's proven, and, and yeah. we cri- and it'll say we Christians, and I'm, and it's almost, and I've been doing this thing, and I don't have the, I don't have the intelligence enough to really put this into words, but lately, I, and I'm a little bit older than you, I'm 51, yeah, and I've got these young kids and a younger wife, and I'm, I start it, when you hit get my age, you start looking at, oh shit, this thing is winding up here in the next, you know, couple of what, decades or so, life. What thing know? is? Oh yeah, yeah. And so I can't really put it into words where you just – I'm driving around this week, and I went, holy fuck, it really is all a joke. We're all – everyone's fucking crazy. And I didn't get that when I was growing up. When I was, when I was you know, in my 20s and stuff, it was I just want to drink and get laid, and uh, I believe in Jesus, and I know when I die <laughs> that everything will be forgiven. And then you, all these little uh, f- facades start to fall, and you go, fuck, everyone's fucking crazy. Yeah. Everything – there's no – I don't think there are even borders. You yeah, know, that's borders, all made up. It's all, everything we do is fucking Kurt Metzger up. told me this. He goes, there is no God that allows you to kill for war. No. Like, borders has nothing to do no. with religion. So when you're like, yeah, we have to defend ourselves. Like, no, if you believe in Jesus, you can't kill some Sunni because he's fighting against America in Afghanistan. That- I get these crazy emails from my uh, best friend's dad in East Texas, and he's in his 70s. He's an old uh, great family treated me really well. My, my parents were both, were both drunks, and uh, this family kind of took me in. So I, I, I have to, I have to really not fight to not respond to these emails. Yeah, and it's this seventy five it or seventy seven year old man in Tyler, Texas, where I went to high school, and he writes this stuff about illegal aliens and how they're going to take over uh, all this shit. And he and I, and I always I'm always tempted to write him back. And go, they're not coming after your fucking geologist job it's people trying to raise their kids or feed their family and i get this really weird yeah. uh thing uh, that goes on in my head when people start talking about uh, people crossing borders and shit and it's kind of a thing it's bill ours hicks, it's our land like what bill, is your bill, land bill hicks used to say it, there are no fucking borders it's a made-up fucking thing someone a long time ago decided yeah. so this is this flag and right over that river is that flag yeah so, yeah but when you think about it like on an individual level like that mom wants to feed her child, yeah. so she's coming over it, here. And if, and if a major depression hits here, and it very well could, yeah. and the only place you could go find work to feed your fucking family would be Canada, you'd be in Canada yeah. doing it. Yeah. So I have a real hard time with just these, you know. I think it's stuff. a racial thing, too, because nobody, all my Canadian friends, because I do comedy, so I have a lot yeah. of Canadian friends, but like they have trouble coming to America, but we're always like, oh, we don't even think about you guys in terms of like... You know, people coming over the borders. It's yeah. just Mexicans. Yeah. I think we're all... That's another thing I've talked about on the years. That I think we're all, we'll never, ever get over race until we all admit we have, we have racial issues. I still have, uh, you know, the remnants of my upbringing in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I'll, too. I do this... I do a character... But we don't hang out with those people kind I do, of stuff. I, I do the voice of my old man on, uh, on, on, uh, on the air. I always, I'm always thinking what my old man would be thinking of whatever I'm talking about. He would hate how liberal I've become socially and 
And so I'll do this voice of my dad. He just, it's old redneck, God damn it. You, you f- fucking queers, gonna, fucking queers, and, and, and he'd say the end bomb, you fucking queers, Mexicans, end's gonna take over the whole goddamn world. You wait and see, <laughs> Dale. That's what's gonna happen. So I, I actually have a Twitter account. Uh, called Gene Dudley, which is my dad. Is which your dad? Is, fake account. It's my dad. It's, my, it's a fake tw- account of my dad. And as as I drink, I will watch television, and racist thoughts will come into my mind. <laughs> so you use that, and I'll use. Uh, it's not real bad. It's not yeah. horrible. And uh, I think we all have. I don't. I think you you go to the end of your days with all of the things that you learn coming coming up, and I'm, I'm sure it gets there inside are, you, right? It's it still to. inside you. Like you grew up Jewish, uh-huh. Orthodox. Fr- from where? From Maryland, Silver Spring, Maryland. And you, and so you grew up thinking that everyone outside of your worldview mm-hmm. was wrong and different. Absolutely wrong. And, and even, it's sad for them. And even if, as as hard as you've worked on it, there's still residual shit in you. Dude, I don't want to have kids. I really have no interest in children. Right. Um, and I can see that as a valid option for someone to say, no, I don't want to do that. Right. Um, there's plenty of kids already, whatever. No, there are. But, but if I yeah. see some woman who's 55, 60, and she doesn't have kids... Part of me goes, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Even though I'm like, wait, what is she? Oh, is that a Jewish thing? It? Just a family thing where a you have to have thing. that. Yeah. You have to have children to be fulfilled. But we've talked about that. We talk about that on the air. That, that until we get, until we admit that we all have these, you know, this these things that go off in our head and stop. That's the fake thing. That's what I love when I talk to to, to you and to Rogan on the air. That this uh, this bullshit that we pretend and we. That, that's how I can't put it into words. We just all put up this fucking facade, and there's no reality in anything that we really talk about. And what we do, do this. We do this thing where if uh, Don Imus says something about a girls' basketball team, Don Imus must be punished for oh, having yeah. a, for having a thought. The thoughts that we all have sometimes. Yeah, the Opie and Anthony thing when they got suspended because of the Condoleezza for the Rice homeless joke dude making a joke is so was so infuriated to me that I canceled my XM, XM for about really? six months. Yeah, I canceled it for about. I said, Good. "Fuck you, fuck you." You, you you should not be punished for having thoughts and yeah. expressing thoughts. That's why it, the the fucking. Yeah, I was like, when did racism become fireable? I don't understand. It's just like it sh- it's not no. cool, but like, what do you mean? It's just you're, what his thought was, and it's not popular with liberals. You're not allowed. You you're there's no guarantee in life that you're not going to be offended. And if you think that it's my job to keep you from being offended, go fuck yourself with a stick. I hate censorship. Yeah. And I hate that we call people out on everything, and they have to be punished somehow. And an, and this, an apology isn't good enough. You know, <laughs> they want blood. They want absolute yeah. blood. It's like the Michael Vick thing, where people are like he should be hung for what he did. And it's like, okay, calm down. Yeah, that's a dog, yeah. and that's a human. No, I know. Just, we have rules ahead of time. So don't like Michael Vick the rest of your life. Yeah, you're free to do that. But we, yeah. but we do this thing. It's happened here in Austin with a couple of different radio stations that in our building, not us. Where uh, they said something, and they had to, you know, this one show was suspended for six or eight months, and they were actually trying to do parody. They were actually trying to be show racism by doing parody, and just because they said the word, they, yeah, they said the word wetback like twenty five times, and the guy was pretending to be an obvious uh, redneck, okay. and he got. They had they, it was it was it was horrible for our managers and. All do you remember Freddie Soto? Yeah, I remember Freddie. I love Freddie. He, he used to have yeah, it's Freddie Freddie. Yeah, Freddie came through a lot. Uh, he used to have this joke about um, a redneck, and he did a character, and he would, uh, I remember him saying, like, frijoles or something instead of frijoles. Yeah. And somebody in the audience was like, it's frijoles. And he goes, thank you for correcting my character's stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> if I did yeah. it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I used to do my dad on the air back in the day, and I would say whatever slurs 
the, the slurs my dad used growing up. Yeah. And it was in context. And it was a character. And it was meant to show you what ridiculous background I came from, you know? People, liberals so, are oh, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, dude. I gotta tell you about one. Uh, yeah, I had a guy. Okay, so this, so I do this thing about my dad uh, where he rants at the television. You know, my, he was, my dad was the Texas version of Archie Bunker. Yeah. And my dad, uh, uh, so I'm, I do this character or this story or I talk, no, I remember, I remember what it was. Uh, I learned, you remember the little, uh, I don't know if you had them where you grew up. We had the little songs that you had when you were a kid, like Comet will make you vomit, so buy uh-huh. some Comet. Well, there was when okay. I was a kid, I learned eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and it was catch it, and then the catch next word was in by toe, yeah. right? That's what I learned as a kid. So we're on the air talking about it, and I go, yeah, well, that's the way we said it. And I never said the word, didn't even say, some dude calls up and he goes, uh, yeah, I, just, I know that it's your childhood and that you're telling these stories, but it really makes me uncomfortable to hear it time after time again uh, that you were that way. And I said, wait a minute. And I, I ended up going off for 45 minutes. I wish I could tell your listeners where to find the podcast. Yeah. I was throwing shit in the control room. And it's so tough when you can't curse on commercial radio. Because if you want But I've been that. there so long, you know, I got a little bit of freedom. I'm sitting there going, I was going, I was going how dare you tell me what, I I, what my childhood should have been? No, that I can't tell stories of shit that happened to me. Fuck you. That you regret is, saying. You're like, I, I don't like the fact that we used to drop an I, N-bomb in this rhyme. But right, right. We did it. Right. But he said, now that's racist That's racist to, to for me to talk about my childhood in a story. And I remember being so frustrated because you can't curse on commercial radio. radio. <laughs> I wanted to tell the guy to go fuck himself so badly that I started breaking shit in the control room. Like, really? Yeah. Just like throwing stuff? Just st- stuff that didn't... Stuff that uh, was, you know, our kitschy stuff that we have around that you could throw. Mugs and you stuff. You could toss, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so uh, it, it's just, it's just, uh, it, it's infuriating to me that, that we live in. Uh, so getting back to the point of I just of want to tell this, people, like, okay, be quiet. Is we, we live in a world where it's just a fucking facade and you fake it and you pretend to be somebody that you're not and you actually have to, when you're talking, you have to parse everything instead of if, if I say something that you don't like instead of having a conversation or if somebody in the media says something you don't like having a conversation about you know why you why you don't like it why you probably shouldn't have said that but no it's this weird deal where caught you not you allowed got, you yeah. got gotcha we got you you got to be punished now it's, yeah and it's like walking when you do a radio show it's like being banished from the from the community right and podcasting's great but even you know even us we're, we're sitting here we 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 didn't say certain words because we're still everybody's worried about what's going to happen if somebody he, hears you talk honestly and open yeah i don't worry com- about it i just figure it'll catch up to me when it catches up to me and don't do it com- well the com- com- you're next comics are next and I've said Sounds this. Like it's coming, I've said right? this f- before. I, I've said this on the air before. That when Janet Jackson showed her titty, yeah, th- they didn't go after Janet Jackson's titty. They went after, <laughs> and they didn't really go after television. They went after, they went more, after Howard Stern. They went after Bubba the Love Sponge uh, yeah. for stuff he did four years before. They went after Howard Stern. They went after morning radio. And I swear to you, we got. Yeah, what we did a, that have to do with Janet Jackson? We had a meeting in 2003. We got called into a meeting. Speaker phone, every personality from the company I work for on the phone with a lawyer saying, You can't do this anymore. Well, can we, what about fart sound effects? I don't recommend it. Well, what about double? Ent- they actually said no double entendre for sex. Really? I was, it, dude, it was the most chilling fucking thing I've ever been in. Now, I'll say this our show got a lot better at, after that because instead of relying on just blatantly sexual bits, 
we relied on our wits and our intelligence, and the, sh- the conversation got a lot, a lot sure, smarter. Sure, but for them to tell you have to is a different thing. Right, but it got so because it was of Janet Jackson. Yeah, because of Janet, and so they went after radio. Yeah, they got radio cleaned up because of Sam Brownback, who was a senator at the time, is now the governor of I think Kansas or up in the Midwest somewhere. The decency bill. Then they uh, uh, now they're and, and so then they got into the public. That's what kills me about liberals when the decency bills. Liberals Ugh. when they get mad about b- people being offended. You should be mad when somebody's called out for being offended because that truly is taking away. I heard Ron Fez do this, where um, somebody called in and said, "You guys have you guys haven't been funny all day," and he goes, "So, like, yeah. that's the final answer." Love Ron and Fez. So what? And I loved listening to that show because if you if you could, if you listen to my show and Ron and Fez, you can tell we're under pressure. You can tell they're not under pressure. Really? Because yeah, can you can tell themselves. they're relaxed and they're appealing to intelligent, fun people. And that's New York instead of Texas. Yeah, well, it's not even that. It's just a matter of being on satellite and being on commercial. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but they're coming after you next. They're coming after comics. We've already seen it. it seems like it. All it's, these blogs. Well, no, just misquoting the stuff, people. The, the Tosh thing. And yeah. The, uh, and the uh, what was? Uh, Is the, it ever okay to say this? Who was the guy from Saturday Night Live? They got called out. Eddie Murphy. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, also, the t- television show, the NBC show. Uh, and we're going to get pregnant. Who is that? Oh, Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. Yeah. Getting called it. So what? Yeah. You used to go to a show and hear the most horrific stuff from a comedian and go, I'm going wow, to see a I fucking can't believe comedian. they did this. Yeah, Dice was like, whoa, yeah. he's saying these crazy things. Right. It was awesome. Yeah, and now it's like, no, no one can, no one's allowed to hear that. What? Yeah. Just don't go. Get up and walk out. Yeah. What happened to that? Suffering silently. What happened to that? Not even suffering silently. Just tell, even yelling at the comic, fuck you, and walking out. At, sure. least, at least you become part of the show. Because <laughs> yeah. you know? that quick would be enough. I mean, I watch, if you ever watched the clip online of, of Bill Hicks clearing out the audience in Chicago when that woman, uh, he's, he's up on the stool. Just hating them. This woman just goes, look it up. Look up uh, God, just look up Bill Hicks on YouTube. Uh, Chicago, I think it is. And he goes up on stage, and he sits there, and he, he's just gearing up his act. You know, he's, he's not revved up yet. And you hear some woman go, you suck. And he's talking and, and he tries to ignore it. And then all of a sudden he goes, I suck. I suck. And he just lays into her and he goes after the whole crowd and the entire room fucking gets walks. Up and leaves. The whole room gets up and walks. I mean, I used to love that. That's my to- problem with Bill Hicks is every time I see but the, the, the clips people show up to me are like, oh, no one's laughing in these clips. Right, right, right. Yeah, but Bill, there were, believe me, there were plenty of... Bill could make could could have you double kill over. people. Yeah, but uh, also Bill wasn't under the gun. You know, the business was different back then. Like, yeah. you, you can't walk. You can't. You get fired now if you if a room Do stuff left. like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But you can't work here anymore. There's See, so few club owners that be like that. It's was so great, funny man. because when I was around uh, hanging out in comedy clubs, and believe it or not, I was in Lubbock, Texas, and there were four comedy clubs in the early at, at one point in, in the, Lubbock. In Lubbock, Jesus, and uh, that was the boom. The, the, there were no rules. The owners just said. Go out there and be funny, and make, you know there are n- none of these club owner rules. I hear it's different now. I hear it's really different. Now. It's really annoying when they tell you a word you should or shouldn't say. Do you have to go or anything? No, no, no. I'm okay. just, uh, I'm just want to make sure we're. Um, yeah, I'm about to get into this talk. I want to get into well, radio guys. Radio guys, we always check the clock. Always, really? Oh yeah, it's just his nature. Constantly to see yeah. where you are. In t- wow. Yeah, right. Um, what did your uh, religious upbringing when you got when you had problems, sexual problems when you were little? 
what, what was my religious upbringing? No, like how did that react to, well, like what happened to you when you were five? <laughs> no, this is why you had me on your yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> now, it's, uh, I'll tell you the story of how this all came out on the air because let's let your listeners who don't know the, my radio show from, from fucking shit, let, let's tell them what happened. So Friday yeah. we're on the air and we alluded to, uh, to my molestation. And yeah. and you your eyes popped up and you're like what what what's this what is this and we were near the end of the show so we weren't really able to explore it and you asked me like do you not believe me or something you asked me no. something and, and I was then, like, no and then also uh, also our listeners are tired of hearing about it because we've made jokes about it now for so long uh-huh. about oh Jesus I want to say six years ago I was on the air and uh, you know th- there was a tendency to. With the, to do something or say something, there's a lot of homophobia on the show, like really bad homophobia on the show. But on your guys' part? on our show, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, and you could say more shit six years ago. You could say fag or whatever. I'm just, air. by the way, realizing that like homophobic jokes are going the way. Oh of, yeah, like, yeah, racist jokes can't do that either. Yeah, it's like these people are growing up now. 23 year olds are like, that's not funny. Got a, just the fact that someone's gay. Got a memo. We can't say you can't say retard on the on the air anymore but and, and you know to be really honest with you i think it's uh, even though we've talked about the censorship i think if somebody makes a mistake i don't think they should be fired or have to pay anybody penance you know you're not you know like i said it's it's not a guarantee that you can't get offended but offended but i i've also gotten to where i uh, i start to think about the people that i know in my life out there more and i and I choose my word, words a little yeah. bit more carefully. I've tried to stop saying yeah. retard. You know, my nephew's gay. I don't say I don't say retard on the air anymore. I don't. You know, I, I just choose different things. Be personal. For so you to somebody said, but somebody made an in, inference one day. They just like, and, and we had three guys on the show. It was a different guy with Bob and I, Bob Fonseca, my partner. And somebody made something, some inference to, well, if you're ever, if a, if you ever touch a dude or ever if you're ever with a dude, you're gay. And I did just, I just had had enough, and I probably was at a low point because of something going on. And I just said. I just came out and told a story, man. I just alive on the air six said, years ago. Yeah, I said, I said it makes me really uncomfortable. I get, you know, I've never said it on the air before, but I was fucking molested when I was a kid, when I was uh, kind of when I was five, but really when I was a lo- really the real molestation when I, when I was eleven. It turned out to be the funniest fucking bit we have. We, we've, I mean, it's, it's just a really, it's a meme that's gone on through the show. We had a phrase called "sucker run." We actually had "sucker run" bumper stickers because somebody said, what? I think, well, one of the guys had said, I told him what happened. And they said, uh, well, 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 what, ha- what happened? And I go, well, I only had two choices. It, it was either suck or run. <laughs> so, and it's, but what did happen? What happened? I was 11. Well, when I was five, I had a guy. Uh, and this was prevalent, man, in the 60s. It really was prevalent. And nobody yeah. ever got arrested. And nobody went to jail for child molestation. You never heard about that shit. It was kind yeah. of kept under the rug. When I was five, I had a teenage babysitter who... Uh, uh, was babysitting me in the afternoon and he called he was showing me all these uh magazines you know dirty magazines dirty. and he didn't touch me I, I don't remember him touching me and then he had some girl from the neighborhood come over to the house and they had sex in front of me right in front of you right in front of me like they didn't ask you they wanted you to watch yeah i don't I, I and i didn't know what was going on i was confused and then when i was 11 i lived in this uh neighborhood in houston texas where there was uh uh, all latchkey kids, lower middle class. My dad worked for Frito Lay, and it was uh, 
a neighborhood uh, where everybody just ran. It's really weird because you go on Google Maps now, yeah. and the entire neighborhood has been wiped off the planet. Right. And there's just tr- just the, the streets and trees. It, it got wiped out in a flood. So it's almost kind of like... It's like a ghost town? Yeah, it's really fucking weird. I'll give you the address when we get off. And you just go, you, go, you zoom in on Google Earth, and there's this big loop. Uh, and then there's the streets where we lived on, and it just was fucking wiped off the planet. No houses or anything? No, not even the, pa- not even the wow. pad for the house. All of it's gone. And I, I was going through a, ru- a really rough couple of months this year, and I was in Houston. I, d- I write a, a magazine column on the side, and I won a, uh, an award. And I went to Houston to pick nice. up the award, and I was going to go drive into there. I felt like it was going to be like an exorcism. And I pulled up, and the city of Houston had put up big gates and said it was a flood zone, and you couldn't get back there. And it was a real kind of weird experience. But it's been therapy for me on the air. So the guy, getting back to this story, when I was 11 in this neighborhood, my parents worked all day. And they kind of uh, uh, had this uh, older guy in his teens, uh, I think 18, 19, something like that, look after me. And uh, that's what, and he, and he would entice me with looking at dirty magazines. What do you mean look after you? Just babysitting until they got home? Yeah, yeah, just just kind of, you know, yeah, checking in, making sure I was okay, that whole thing. And he would entice me by, you know, dirty magazines and, you know, masturbation and all this. And he played these. What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, what what do you mean masturbation? Well, teach you how to masturbate. Okay. So, and then that's what one he of the taught you how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one of the other jokes on the air, is that uh, he'd have a radio on it. It was it would be these songs from the, the I'll never forget that summer. It was the summer of '73, yeah. and he had these these couple of songs that he would play, and he would make little in, you know little in, innuendo seduction uh, stuff. So when we're on the air. And something comes up, and then somebody wants to make a joke about it. They hit a button, and it plays this song, Back Off Boogaloo by uh, Ringo Starr. Yeah. And this dude would use... Back Off Boogaloo? And he would change the lyrics to Jack Off Boogaloo. And when you're a kid, you don't know any better. So yeah. masturb- you know, masturbation, it all feels good. You have no idea what's going on with you. You have no, you have no idea oh, yeah. that you're being abused, right? Wait, he would... Say what? I don't understand. So, he would masturbate with you? No, no, no. Or- he'd say like... Uh, like he would sing this jack off boogaloo you'd see like jack off boogaloo and you think yeah that'd be fun you know you know the whole masturbation then would end up being oral sex and and uh you know it's weird that we're not on my now that we're not on my show yeah I'm really uncomfortable right really now. yeah uh, fuck <laughs> no it's just odd it's weird to talk about it in a serious way and talk about what what went on but it fucks with you for the rest so he would tell you how to like how, like how to he like should masturbate and he would he would make you blow him and he made you blow him. he blow you and yeah and it was uh it, it devolved into that and and the thing you know with the whole sandusky thing it just kept going like yeah it, it and started. then it ended you know and then the summer was over and it ended and that was it but it fucks you up for the rest of your life you're not you're never normal never fucking normal really? i've never not never no, nothing is ever the same again you ne- you never have a normal relationship with a woman. I I, I tore through women in the nineties, man. I just was I fucking would, run, fucking run, absolutely. That was the number one goal, absolutely. Because of that, because of that, that experience of those times, right? And there was no intimacy. The two, the intimacy and sex aren't the, are two different beasts. They're they're not together, and it's something my wife and I have had to you know struggle struggle with. It's because it's because you dealt with like the in like the sex part first and had no right. intimacy it opens, with it when you're when you're that young and that happens it's it opens pandora's box so by the time i was 17 i had a giant fucking porn collection of magazines yeah. in my closet that my mom knew about of the most ridiculously filthy magazines where you know when you're 17 you maybe you'll have a playboy or a penthouse and make a picture yeah but i had a just the whole thing you know and fetish so, shit was was that 
No, I've never really had any. Yeah, I guess I have had a few. And then I, I got off in, into drugs in the early 2000s, which would uh, cocaine, and it would emphasize the, the sex part. And I had a couple of girlfriends and went off into you know all sorts of uh, weekend kind of crazy stuff. Just fuckathons. Oh, just fuckathons. Just crazy fuckathons. Yeah, I, I was talking to uh, Rogan about this because I'm so scared of 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 uh, not not only do I not want children, but I'm so scared of being able to fuck them up at a drop. I'm like, if you yell at the TV because there's some sports game on that you're not happy with the result, as she's turned to a picture of Justin Bieber, you know, when she's seven, oh, yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. she'll never have a normal relationship now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, let alone actually having a guy make you blow him. But then, but then, you know, I think we get back to what we were talking about earlier. That I think this is all just a fucking joke and a farce. You do. I think the whole thing and the whole key to life is you do your absolute. I think my old man and my mom. You know, my sister can't stand my old man. Like she hates that I do that impress, impression on the air. Uh, she doesn't like the Twitter account. Yeah. She, uh, but I cut him some slack. I go, they did whatever they did. they walked their path, and and whatever fucking happened to me is what I have to deal with now. There's no going back. I try my best. Yeah. Like I, I I go see a uh, I went to see a guy a couple of years ago because the sexual abuse part was really fucking with my relationship with my wife. It wasn't that she. What, was what? A, no, well, I just I I was more interested in. I would go to the internet for you know to, for awful to go, horrible sex to go satisfy the. Uh, the outlandish kink, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and one day she found it on the internet. She, she saw, uh, she, she, uh, she tried history. to pr- print something out and a file came up, you know? And I just said, uh, so I went to this dude. Oh, what's this? Oh my left God. A, left a sticky note on the fucking monitor, on the monitor. It says, <laughs> see me about this. And the, and the files open up with all the JPEGs that I right clicked and saved. I actually went and packed a bag. I thought I'm fucked up and she just came back and she said, I just want you to, she said, she was a great. She said, I just want you to, to figure this out, whatever that takes. And I said, okay. So I went, I started seeing this dude who's really helped a lot of his therapists way fucking expensive, ridiculously expensive. And, yeah, insurance and we've, moved, cover them. we've moved past all the sexual abuse stuff. And now, you know, I see him only once a month and we, we've now moved on into the other things. And uh, he, one day he tells me I'm talking about my kid, and I go, "Well, you know, we don't we don't spank, we don't uh, discipline our kids that way, but we do lose our temper and yell." And he looks at me, and he goes, "Well, you know, ye- yelling is abuse." And I'm like, "I f- I can't fucking win, dude. You can't win." So yeah, and you're like, "I'm I, trying to, make, to hold I, it back." I wouldn't say never have children. I just would say if that if it, if it cry, I know you it's in your head not to, but if it ever does. You just do the best you can. I didn't have a kid until I was 45, you know. Yeah. So now here oh, really? I'm an older dad. Yeah, I'm an older dad. I got a one-year-old. And I do have a daughter now. And, and I now, with a daughter, I just think about the shit that I did in the 90s. And it's that's what's terrifying. What's terrifying is I'm terrified that I'm not going to be able to walk that path with her through the gauntlet of men. And we know exactly. I mean, yeah. fuck, you, you're a headlining comic. You know. You, you see a girl after a show. She's thought your set was great yeah you know i yeah, mean I we know sex. how we think yeah so she's gonna have that at so some she's point. gonna have that and no one's gonna be there to protect her but that's part of the deal you know but yeah that's another thing too is that people are like well what if your daughter or what if your sister or someone like whatever that you care about has sex with some guy that's not a good person to have sex with then it's like yeah then they'll learn yeah they didn't enjoy that and have sex with somebody else yeah like everyone makes mistakes yeah, we've all hooked up with fat chicks, then regret it or whatever. People we hated. So, are you worried at all that that it'll like the cycle will continue with you, or that's not at all the cycle of uh, abuse? Isn't it like a yeah abuse leads oh, to no, more abuse? Not at all. I mean, that's absolute. That's not even on the on the on the radar. 
Yeah. No. Uh, no, I do. No, I absolutely. I worry. My wife is just. Uh, we have a bit. We had a big argument. She wants my. She's got my son in Cub Scouts. I fucking hate uh, the fact that the Scouts don't allow gay people. Oh and, yeah. And they do the whole God thing. So I said, okay, fine. Just you. You'll be the point person on it if he wants to do it and when he wants to quit doing it and then my other concern is you know my brother was god damn it we sound like a fucking family joe don't we my brother was abused too my brother really and my brother my brother was getting it he and his was a lot worse than mine and it was from my dad's one of my dad's best friends who ran this golf course but my brother also got abused in the scouts back in the day really and uh, and so uh, i just i'm vigilant and i told her i told her there's so no gays but abuse is allowed (laughs) Well, yeah, they like, were, but I, yeah, well, see that you, that you got to throw the gay thing out with with pedophiles. That's not even it's not even on the. It's not the same thing, you know. So, what do you mean? Well, the, the, back in the day, scouts were rife with pedophiles. They try now. They, there's all sorts of screening and stuff that goes on. But I, but when you get back to my kids, you're right. I'll be I'll be hyper vigilant with my son. Uh, with campouts and stuff like that, that's not going to happen. My son's not going to go on a campout with a group of people unless one of us is there. Oh. So yeah, I, my my radar. Wow, way yeah, up it must be that. full of just that. Must have been a great place for pedophiles. Yeah, I don't think it is now, but it, back in the day, it absolutely was yeah, away yeah. from everyone with yeah. a bunch of children. Well, yeah, you, who trust you, and you had you had, and there were some. I'm sure there's some great guys that led those scouts, but there also were guys who you know you. There'd be two or three leaders taking a group of ten or twelve boys out, you know. And my yeah. brother was abused in in, in that whole thing. So, um, yeah. uh, how, when did you lose your virginity? Uh, Seventeen, oddly enough. Uh, no, wait, nineteen. 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 That's pretty oddly, late. Ni- nineteen, oddly enough. And yeah. uh, and then I didn't get it, uh, late again for two years, and it was the same girl that come back to. to it was someone you were into, or just just a sexual thing? No, nah, just a drunken sexual thing. You know, and I, I I remember the first time I ever had sex with any kind of intimacy. You know, was uh, in my mid twenties, and it would, uh, and it kind of blew me away a little bit. Like, like this is different. What's this all about? Yeah, it's that, weird when yeah, it's like someone you actually like. Yeah, that's the first girl I ever fell in love with. Bro- you know, who broke my heart. But well, what else uh, is going to happen? Right, but uh, it, uh, it's it's crazy, man. I, I grew up an extremely nutty. And that whole thing where you go back and it was all all under this big veil of religion. Yeah. And you had to go to church on we had to go to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then Wednesday what? night. Why Wednesday? Wednesday night, Church of Christ. They they do it Wednesday night. I have no sympathy. We went every day. <laughs> I have no sympathy for you. Morning and afternoon, every day. Well, do you go home now and you're are your parents still alive? Yeah. Do you, do you go home now and they give you a bunch of shit about not going? Occasionally my dad will be like, Come why don't you come to uh show with me yeah. today? And it's I, like I'm I'm not gonna do that. No, you won't go? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Well, I'll, put the, I'll put when a yarmulke on. Put a Yeah, because it's nothing to do with me. I don't care. It's, yeah. effect. it's like, you know, yeah, that's your like, hat. I can't I can't shit for people from listeners who go, uh, well, do you celebrate Christmas? And I go, Yeah. It's and they go, well, 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 that's kind of hypocritical. I go, no, it's not. It's fun. It's, uh, it's Jews celebrate Christmas. There's a bunch of Jews that celebrate yeah, it's, Christmas. It's traditional in my family, and it's something where we do it for the children. Yeah. And then they do the one where they go, well, oh, so you're teaching your kid that there's a Santa Claus, but uh, so that's but you don't believe in Jesus. And I'm just like, just shut the fuck up. You know, just try to get through your life. I can do the tooth fairy too, but I'm not going to convince him that forever. You know, I think it's the fucking internet. I think we're all in everybody. I think everybody's in everybody else's business now. And just everybody wants to comment on anything that you do, you know, in radio. Yeah. When I first started at radio, somebody had to be really fucking mad at you to sit down and get out a piece of paper oh, yeah, and, and type write. a letter 
and then mail it in. And you'd get a couple of those here and there, you know. Yeah. Uh, but boy, when really e- mad. when email came along, it was like I can sit down and in two minutes I can tell this motherfucker what I think about him. Try to ruin someone's yeah, day. So I don't get my email address out on the air anymore. And Twitter's easy. You just fucking block somebody. Facebook's the same thing. Facebook's the yeah. worst though. Facebook's just full of middle aged people who fucking. Well, the, yeah, there's this new way of because you can't affect somebody in real life. I'm like you're a fucking asshole. Right. When I walk away, that might get to you. But on the internet, like that's not good enough. So you have to be like, I hope you die. You're the worst thing that's ever been to radio. Also, like, if if you pissed me if you pissed me off today, yeah, uh, I, I was uh, we would have a conversation and I probably go, hey man, that's you're making eye contact. It's real easy when you're yeah. on Facebook to say the worst possible thing because you never have to see the person or interact with them. Again. I heard this study that the problem is, um, if you want some water? No, I'm, some all right. the I'm all right. Um, that uh, the problem is you get super hateful online and that sort of bleeds into your real life. Like you can't just leave oh, it Oh, no, I think so. I, I think I think it's, uh, I have to be really careful because I, I, for show prep purposes, I will be sitting there reading all day. And I can get way into it. And I also, I'm real. I'm a sensitive dude. I mean, you've heard about my childhood. And I, I, do I mention my parents were drunks on top of the abuse? No, really. So when you grow up with two drunk people, you you become extremely narcissistic. Not in not in a bad way that you're narcissistic. That you think you're a great person. I still, I probably no. I always say to my listeners. You can't dislike me more than I dislike myself. It's not. It's not possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then when they say something, you're like, "Fuck, you're right." No, no, no. So what you tend to do is you tend to take any criticism. Like I, I will get. I got. To, I got one this morning. I got a, a note from a guy on Facebook that was the entire fucking page, and I woke <laughs> up and thought, "Oh shit, is this? What is this going to be?" And it was nothing but how we've helped him in his life and praise. And I completely clicked off of it and didn't want to read it because, first of all, I don't believe it, and so. But if right. I got one that was one line from a guy going, uh, you suck and your politics suck and here's why, and he did a paragraph, I'll sit there for two. I'll give you one example. The boss forwarded one the other day from a guy who got mad because on 9-11, I came on the air and I said, um, we're not doing any kind of 9-11 thing today. I think all the jingoistic bullshit of posting the American flag and an eagle on Facebook is uh, is completely ridiculous. Yeah, it's weird. And uh I have no desire, and nine eleven just reminds me of how we gave up every fucking freedom of speech that we had, and we all had to step in line. I was called seditious when I said that the invasion of Iraq was uh, was, was uh, made up, and that George Bush said God told him to do it. And anyway, when I did, I did about a, a rant for about a minute yeah. about how if, if you want to celebrate or memorialize nine eleven, go ahead. We're not doing it today. Yeah. This email. This. Email came from the boss that this guy was pissed off, and I fought in, in Afghanistan, and you got your facts wrong, and I, I thought I was going to be treated to you know a moment of silence or something. And I spent two hours staring at this email, writing a response to this dude. Really? And I uh, and I didn't have to respond, and I kept going. Here's why I believe what I believe, and then finally I just said, "Fuck it, what am I doing?" My point is, I'll spend way too much time mm-hmm. responding to people. But I ended up just erasing it and going, hey, dude, thanks for your service. I'm glad you fought for my right to believe whatever I want to believe. About <laughs> that's nice. And that's it. You know, when people say this thing, I always feel like you can't say anything, but like, we fought to defend your freedom. And I'm like, is that what you fought for in Afghanistan well, to I defend it, my freedom? Well, I think in general, somebody fight, going, going to, into the military is fighting for our freedom in their minds and 
in maybe in their commanders' minds. I don't know though that every cause was for our freedom. Yeah, like if we didn't win that, if we retreated right. in, in in like defeat, right. would I have less freedom? Is there water in there? Yeah, I'm gonna grab one. Keep talking. Yeah. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna set this down real quick. Okay. I want to talk about um, it's like it's there on the right. I want to talk about like how much like when you said that that, that never leaves you. Um, uh, you can just finish that off if you want. Okay. Uh, like, what do you mean that never leaves you? The the sexual abuse. Yeah. Um, because you just look at it flavors everything you do. No, nah, I think it makes you hypersexual all the time, and uh, it's something that you want. Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to describe because I'm I am the way that I am, but it's uh, it becomes a center point of your life. It it start it ratchets up. Let's say you got the top five things in your life are your career and your uh, the things that you want to uh, do for recreation, okay. uh, vacation, sex top. When you get abused as a kid, sex pops into the top five and stays in the top five for the rest of your life. Wow. And it just becomes a focus of something that you want to do. Uh, Isn't so, sex like important to everyone, though? Or is it like different? How is it different than... Well, I don't know. You know, I don't. You, it's hard to sit down with guys and ask them what their sexual routines are. But I know when I talk about my masturbation uh, proclivity to other guys on the like the radio show, no one's as pro, you know. How much do you jerk off? Oh, it's uh, you know, it, I've been known to any opportunity I get. You know, just just go and but find a bathroom. But it's better now. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not one of those. I don't. When I'm home. Okay. Yeah. No. None of that. Thank God. None of that came up. But I mean, who knows what could have happened? How it could have gone off? I could have been. You know, the guy who goes off and and has some sort of weird deal where he has to look in windows or something. Oh yeah, yeah, and then just start doing it. Mm-hmm. So you're just home. You think about it. and You're like, okay, I gotta go. Do, I gotta go do this. Uh, I just think there are just things trigger just just uh, and that thing that when you're a kid and there's somebody telling you that you're doing something and we, and it has to be secret. Yeah, it kind of makes it builds a. Uh, Is that what the guy said? Yeah. Oh yeah. Both of them. It was like, oh, let's not well, talk, the first one this. was kind of a thing where I was too young to even know to go tell anybody. I was five years old. Okay. The second one, yeah, oh, no. You, know, you don't tell anybody this goes on, this happens, or we'll, we'll all be in really bad trouble, and, and we won't be able to do this again. And you know, and, and you don't know what an orgasm is. You have one the first time, and you're like, what the fuck did I do? At 11. That was great. You know? Yeah, when I used to do it, when I started, it was like nothing would come out because I mm-hmm. hadn't been, I don't know, I didn't hit manhood yet or whatever. Right. So it would just feel good. I didn't know yeah. what I was doing. I was like, this feels awesome. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Now you start to, uh, you're colored that way and you just kind of, uh, I don't know. I completely lost my train of thought on that. Uh, once a guy tells you not to tell anybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. The secrecy around it. So now there's this secrecy around it and it's this, uh, this thing that I can go off and do and, and, and there becomes this, uh, uh what is it? The taboo of yeah. it all. So you, oh yeah, it's kind of like when you smoke when you smoke pot and it's illegal. Yeah, hey man, we're gonna go do this. We're gonna. If, if, it's a little more exciting. Makes you feel good. It's a little more exciting when it's taboo. Yeah. So that's always been. You uh, go in an alley. My, my sexual life has always been based on that I'm doing something, and then here's the other weird thing. Yeah. I ha- I feel guilty every time I have an orgasm, even with my wife. Really? Yeah. Now that's a lot better now. It's a lot better now because there would always be that thing like, what have I done? Oh, my God, this is a th- – Even when you were trying to have a, a baby? Well, yeah, but I mean, like I said, it's it's been – let's say it was on, a, sc- on okay. a scale of one to ten now. We're down we're down around a one or two. I, I'm at the point in my life where it's like, fuck, it, fuck whatever 
residual feelings I have in my head. Fuck that. It's the same thing what we were talking about earlier with the racism and everything else. It's a passing thought. And you go, oh, you know that. Yeah, that's silly. But Why, you feel guilty though when you come. Then you're like, oh. yeah, 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 about a one or two now because that. You were made to feel that way at such an impressionable age. Like, this is a bad thing I just yeah. did? Wow. Yeah. And so, was there any, like, link of, like... Because I know when kids get any sort of attention, they're like, this is good, this is nice. Right. So, was there any sort of guilt associated with, oh, these are bad feelings, but I kind of like the attention? No, absolutely, because my me. parents were both, were, both, were both really hardcore. My mother was an all-day drinker, uh-huh. lost her job, and I had to take care of her, the whole thing. And my dad was a guy who'd come home at night and... If you didn't catch him within the first 30 minutes, he'd be completely bombed, pass out every night. Really? Pass out every night. So you didn't get any attention from that. He he died of a massive heart attack when he was 60 years old at the treadmill. He went to the doctor to to check his heart. He died (laughs) died there? Yeah, he died of a massive heart attack. And my mother became recovered alcoholic. She became really, really nice, sweet lady, you know, the last 20, 30 years of her life. But those... uh, uh, those teenage years, man, is something else. And I didn't even yeah. really realize. You know, I used to get mad at people. They'd be on some show crying about their childhood or whatever. I'd go, grow the fuck up. Really? You didn't yeah. have any sympathy for them? And I didn't think it really affected you. And then and then when I hit my uh, my uh, 40s, actually, then I went, oh, that's why I'm that way. Or this is why I'm that yeah, way. Yeah, you this can trace directly. Oh, like- yeah. Yeah. And it, and it really, when you see somebody who's insecure or having trouble, uh, I... I tend to be a little kinder to them now especially when they call the show or something somebody calling with some sort of mental issue we tend to i tend to be a little bit more instead uh, of saying buck up and fuck you yeah because you can't there's times you can't buck up and i I was in in and out of you know hospitals in my 20s and early 30s that's how i got with depression like once i went through bad depression when i see other people going through it it's like i sort of get it to the point where i can talk to them about it but are you like this because i've had uh i've you know bad depression my entire life off and on uh, which is weird to because you're the chuckles the clown in the morning and you got you you feel like you're suicidal. There's you so go, many comics who feel that and way. You got to go in and hit the button and go. Good morning, everybody. It's uh, <laughs> uh, when you're out of depression. Yeah, it's impossible. It's still impossible to remember what that person feels like. In other words, you oh, yeah. can't you can't put your finger on how bad it feels until you're actually in it. If you're still in it, you could. Yeah, I sort of yeah. remember like the feelings like of hopelessness or wanting to just sleep. Yeah, you know, and just and, but I yeah, so I don't I don't ever tell people like here's what you have to do. I just be like, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, sucks I don't. I, I, I used to recommend people go get a medication, but I think most of that medication's bullshit. Oh, I love it. Oh, you do really? It's completely what you, helped what you, me. What do you take? Desipramine. Yeah, it's some eighties. That one drug. of the old. That's one of the old ones. Uh-huh. Yeah, they said they stopped because it gave people like yeah, lightheadedness. Yeah, makes your mouth really dry when you first start it. Maybe yeah. I don't remember. I know it gives me like low blood pressure. If I stand up, I have to like hold on. El- to is it was it called Elavil? It's one of the old ones, though, right? Yeah, he said it went out of style in the eighties, and, and but it works, and it covered up everything that made me want to kill myself all the time. Do you think it worked, or do you think you just got out of it? You still I, taking it now? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was like a clear break, right? Of like of like uh, I took a bunch of other drugs to try. Yeah, I did. Well, I had one medication. that worked like that. It seemed like it popped me out in three days. I can't remember what it was called. Made me eat everything in the refrigerator, gain twenty pounds. Oh, I took those. Yeah, it gives it gives you hyperphagia. Yeah, where you could never it was feel full. Fucking horrible. What do you mean? It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> no, it changed my metabolism. I used to weigh about a two hundred twenty pounds, and I, and I oh, uh, it never got back to normal. I never got back to normal. I never oh, got down. No. My weight down again. I'm about two. I'm six. I'm six foot four, and I weigh about two two fifty five right now. So that's in the middle of Texas range, right? Yeah, that's all right. It's though. Like right there. Yeah. 
Nobody picks on me anymore. I'm not the skinny kid any, anymore. Big tall guy. I remember getting high and having these epic meals for like two hours mm-hmm. where I could just go to town. And I was yeah. like, this is nice. Right. Yeah, I, had, then, I took something like that. Yeah, but I, I've steered clear of the SSRIs, and I, I can't, uh, but I've been recently put on uh, Adderall. Very okay. low dose. Yeah. Like I took one right before I came here. So the first part of this podcast, if I'm talking way too fast, that's it's because of that you were jacked up. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I've taken out of it a couple of times just yeah. to like clean my apartment. Right. I think they tried having me on it when I was little for, right. um, to concentrate, but they didn't. I don't know if it works, but I've lost five pounds. So I'm sticking with it. Really? Yeah. Oh, it yeah. gets me like, like, right. like in the zone of cleaning or doing, you ever done stand up when you're doing it? I did it later that night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. and it was, it was a little bit, but at least I have my material I can just rely on. Right. Um, um, well, did your parents ever find out about it? No, thank God. You know, I, my mom. They're so religious. What would they? I, no, I think I did tell my mother. I did tell my mother. Yeah, my dad did. My dad never knew. Well, let's go back up. They weren't religious. They ended up completely abandoning the church and becoming just. Oh, brutal. really? And they fought brutally and they divorced when I was eighteen, and I had to break up these brutal fights when I was a kid too. It's just crazy childhood i should write i should write a book but i'm fucking lazy it takes a while to write <laughs> yeah and uh it's not great memories but you know I, re- I have all sorts of crazy stories about my parents fighting and the stuff i actually had my mother got called the cops came to my mother called the cops once and the cops came this is in the uh, late 60s like around 68 69 so i'm a, i'm about seven or eight and the cops show up at the house, and my, they, my my dad never really would punch my mom, but there would be you know uh, shoving and you know wrestling, whatever. And the cops came and they asked my mother what was she doing that was pissing my father off, and yeah. to quit quit doing whatever it is you're doing to piss him off. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was the, that was what was that the sixties or seventies? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What? Well, now what are you doing to piss him off? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, man. My mom never. I I told my mom before she died, and she was really apologetic and sad that I'd had the childhood I had. Oh, you didn't tell her then? No, I told her. I told her about the abuse, and I also gave her a real rough time. I gave her a hard time for the shit that that I had to put up with her in high school, and uh, and and she was great. She, uh, she, you know, she was really apologetic. There's nothing she could do at that point. But my dad never found out. No, Uh, I always feel after a lot of mushrooms. I always sort of see the world for just people for what they are, like places that they are. They're just a, like you're a radio DJ. Right. You're not completely unique from other radio DJs. Not right. You know what I mean? So I feel like when I see someone like your mom, where it's like, yeah, she was a drunk. And yeah. then you add a child there. Right. What's going to change? Like, wh- how would I have reacted if I was a drunk and suddenly I had a kid too? Yeah. Probably wouldn't have been a great mom or no. dad or whatever I would have no. been. And you didn't know you were becoming it. That's why I have such a hard time with my fucking sister. It's like, with my own, I go. You got to let it go. This this anger at my dad because he it just it's it was just a movie that played out. Yeah, you know, it was you, like you put two beta fish together, you're, they're gonna you, fight. You can't go back and relive it. And so holding all this in and all this and talking, and getting so upset, I find my dad fucking hilarious now. Really? Yeah. Because all that stuff. That's why. Because you're like he was ridiculous. What else can I fucking do except have fun with it? Yeah, those people are out there. Well, I tell you what you can do. You can stop being a goddamn queer and quit going to drama class and get yourself a real goddamn job. Was he like that? Oh, fuck yeah. He hated that I did theater fuck. in high school. I couldn't stand it. And, wow. I, and I came home one night. I, I, I pulled the, Me and two other guys had sex with a girl at a club in Tyler, Texas after, after the club closed one night. And I walked in. You double-teamed a girl? Yeah, we double-teamed a girl, and Jesus I walked in, and I told told my dad I said, uh, I said dad you're not gonna believe what happened I knew I could uh, that was one thing he did have going for him is you could talk to you could say anything to him and I said dad I, this, this girl 
He goes, well, I'll tell you what, I'm glad to hear that because I thought with all that drama and stand-up comedy that you might be queer. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you could tell that guy that I jerked off or blew some other dude no. when I was 11. Oh, no. that was You aren't going to go home and go, hey, guess what just happened to me? <laughs> Did you want to share that stuff with people? No, dude. I never said a word. until I never no told friends, I no friends? Per- the first time I ever told anybody, I was on the air. Uh, well, except with the exception of my mother and my sister. But the first time I told anybody else outside the family circle was live on the air. Uh, Six the, years ago? Yeah, to the entire audience. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you held on to it for that long without really sharing it at all? Yeah, and I, I, I was... Not ho- that you should or shouldn't. There's I was no hospitalized for depression in the uh, late 80s and early 90s several times, and I never fucking told a psychiatrist. That never came up? Never told them. Scared to tell. It's always that tag of, you're gay. Always that tag of... You're a faggot. Yeah. Because you did that. Always in the back of my head. Yeah. And you would think I was you're spending $30,000 like, at a mental hospital you would that you would tell fucking them. tell them everything, but I never told a fuck anybody. Because uh, of your upbringing, it's like embarrassing to have done that thing. You were a, you were a queer. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't want to be that, so you just like, I just won't say and anything. And really, you were just a little boy. Did you, uh, did, did that, like, did you think, like, maybe I'm gay? Uh, no, I really didn't. I just always fucking have been in love with women. You know, just always, there was always something. And all, it was always centered around, like, dirty magazines with girls and stuff. Yeah. And it was always, uh, always had to do with, you know, that was the arousal point. For, dirty that, magazines. For, for the dude, too. For the for the guy who molested me, too. That seemed to be. I don't know. The magazines? Was, but there was something else, you know. Who knows? Maybe that guy was getting fucked. I don't know what was going on. What? Um, so, yeah, there probably something yeah, happened to him. Yeah. Did you ever find that guy? No. No, I had a therapist one time that wanted to hunt down that was going to look up one of the guys. The, the guy that the, the when I was eleven, that guy's dead. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. You found him. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you tried to. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it wasn't. I was fun. I always knew him. He was a friend of the family. Okay. You know, and that was the other thing. You didn't want to cause trouble. You didn't want to get somebody in trouble with something that they'd done to you. It wasn't like it is today. <laughs> you didn't want to get him in trouble. No, you didn't dare get him in trouble. It's not. It, it was different than it why? Was the, why wouldn't you get him in trouble? It what was just mean? a thing you didn't talk about. You didn't ever hear of that. It was not. But for example, there was a guy in East Texas when I was growing up. He yeah. was now in prison in Texas. And uh, he was a radio guy. And I was getting into radio. I was 17. And my, I was working at the station. And my old man said, uh, yeah, you want to have Mike, that Mike Harris. I want you to steer clear of that Mike Harris. He's a, he, he's a fucking queer and he likes boys. And so they knew, that the, they knew that that guy was that. But there was no retribution. He was just the guy who liked young teenage boys. And oh, yeah. He was well known. So it was a different era. But well, when you hear about this Sandusky stuff... Tore me to pieces. Really? Yeah, but I mean, not like I'm going to sit in my fucking car and, and cry. But it just brought up all of that, all of that stuff, all of the, the shame and all the stuff. Yeah. And do you think those people didn't like report it enough because of the same sort of mentality? Exact, exact like, yeah, same. He thing. just likes exact same thing. And what they don't want to face it, so they no, just sort of ignore it. You have a there's a stigmatism that in your head when you're. When you come, you went to well, did you go to public school or did you go private? To, always no. Jewish school. Now, if you go to public school in Texas, the worst thing you can be called is a queer or fag. That's how we were too. Yeah. So if our if our hands did right. this thing that was your hangs loose, right? Just you're fucked so for there two weeks. A, and I'm sure it's that way with those kids. You know that they that they were it was something that they you feel shame. You just do. You just and that's the that's why it's criminal. You fucking you're making a child feel shameful. And then on top of that, you had the shame. And it's not shameful for shoplifting or something. They're like, fucking, society ought, doesn't allow that. I think it ought to be illegal to fucking indoctrinate your kids into a religion when they're when they're that young. Before because they have a chance you're, to- you're teaching them guilt about themselves. 
I mean, that's an extreme view. I know. I don't think. I don't know. I just think it's a bad thing to tell a kid that he's born of sin, and he's a sinful person, and he's yeah. a horrible person, and he does all these horrible things. It's just such malarkey. I still feel like there's always stuff from your childhood, but if I ever, I, I can't ever tell a girl that I want you to blow me. I feel like it's like victim me. Oh no, them. I'm the opposite. Like, like I want, suck yeah, that that's dick. my that's where my wife and I have a disconnect. She doesn't want to watch porn, so she'll like once every fourth. Uh, once every few months, she'll finally watch porn with me, but it's yeah. not her thing, you know? So she'll fake it a little bit. Like last night, we had a little tiff earlier this week. She's trying to make up. She goes, you want to go watch porn? And I'm like, no, I don't want to fucking watch porn because you don't want to watch porn. Yeah, you want you them know? just to want but, but I, I no, I'm the... I'm the opposite. Like I've the, just the kink. I can yeah, but yeah, blow me, fucking blow me. Yeah, really? It's funny. That's that's fucking hilarious. You can't do that. It sucks. I just want them to <laughs> offer. I can't ask. I just feel like bad. I was doing it with some girl uh, like a few months ago, and uh, every once in a while I get the courage up to be like suck my, you know. <laughs> every once in a while, but it has to be real clear our relationship, and this is okay. And then I said that, or I was like, I'm going to come in your mouth or something like that. And then I, I grabbed her head and just like a little bit. And then um, her uh, necklace hooked onto something and it broke. I didn't see that or the lack, latch broke or something. But she looked up with like this fake crying face. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to do this. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said it like that. <laughs> I was so, I felt so bad. Sex is weird, man. Like when you asked me, like I didn't know you were going to bluntly ask me what went down. Yeah. And it's easier for, when I'm on the air, I could talk about it and, and parse it, you know, and the way you have to do for a stupid commercial listening audience. audience. You have to act like there are children around, which there aren't. But, when you were asking me, I started getting sweaty under my arms. Really? Yeah, my mouth got really dry. And is it still a moment crazy. of like a, a feeling of embarrassment? Because it's for different. You? you and I are sitting in a hotel room, and we're uh, actually having a normal conversation. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not used to t- t- to giving details in a casual setting. Yeah. If I'm on my platform on my stage, you know, behind the mic where I've been working for years, then it's different. I can make jokes about it. And that's get how it. I feel on stage. But when you said, but when you said. What actually went down? I was like, uh, well, well. <laughs> That's how I feel on comedy stages where I can say stuff to an anonymous audience that I couldn't ever say I, to somebody. I envy that, man. I always wanted to do that. And I, I may still someday go back and just do it for fun, but I fucking envy stand up guys. And I just hope, for, I just hope that the, uh, the crazy. Liberal is not the right word. The crazy gotcha society doesn't ruin, ruin stand-up comedy too because they're ruining they everything don't. else. It seems like they want to. It really seems like they're pushing for it. Do you yeah. ever see the Patrice O'Neill thing with that on Fox News or something with yeah. that lady? Oh, I watched. Was the, outraged? Yeah, well, no, that's the problem. There's this internet outrage where everybody's coming together on these dumb websites and pretending to be outraged. And you know, I heard the best thing I ever ever heard about somebody being offended or outraged is uh, instead of spending your time on the internet being outraged, why don't you actually go out and do something like feed, get, feed somebody or oh, get, right. give somebody a meal? Well, if you're outraged, go out and get away from what's pissing you off and go actually do something. Correct the rage in some way. Yeah, yeah. nobody wants to do that. They just want to yeah. be indignant in their homes. Right. Um, yeah. uh, Jeff Ross said something recently, which I liked, was like, well, don't worry about fucking words that sting. Worry about bullets that kill or, or some actual things that are going out, that, out there. Right. I think he made a joke about, I don't know, some wartime thing. Yeah, it's uh, well, but no, it's this thing where we just sit in a bubble and pretend that 
And the yeah. problem is no one can defend, like you can't, like when Don Imus had his thing, where yeah. he said nappy-headed women or whatever. Nappy-headed hoes. Yeah. Shitty thing to say, but fuck, who cares? It's an old but guy. But it's tough to defend that guy, because then you're like, no, no, I don't say those things. I just want him to be able to. I want old dumb rednecks to be able to be old dumb rednecks. We're yeah. trying to fix something you can't fix. And if you defend he's those still people, fi- then still- you're a dumb redneck too in some people's minds. He's st- but you're not. He still thinks that way. Yeah. I had, I had the gr- grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan on my show years ago. Ago. He, talk, he talked with a lisp. He was the grand dra- dragon of the Ku Klux Klan in Texas. And I said, the reason you're so hateful is is that okay. people made fun of you. Oh, right. Because of the lisp. And he was like, his eyes got big as a circle. And he's like, no, 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 that's not it. That's not it at all. And I go, yeah, that is. I mean, yeah, then I, why are you hateful? You and I then? come from a similar background. I exactly know you went in this direction, I went in this direction. But yeah, but I, I support your right to sit there and be, you know. Yeah, there's no right reaction to have. It just whatever happens, happens, right? Yeah. Did you get into weird kinky stuff like choking or anything like no, nuts? No, I've never been. Uh, I've never been into the S and M stuff at all. Okay, no, not at all. The sadomasochistic stuff doesn't appeal to me at all. I've had it on the show back in the day before Janet Jackson's titty. We would have women come in and spank each other and really? strippers and things like that. I spank each other never did anything for me. Yeah, it was always this, like faux. I always like pulling uh, pulling a girl like not not a little. A, Pulling the back of her hair, grabbing like a big yeah, chunk of the it, back of, back of her hair, you know, a little so she bit. Knows who's the boss. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got really into choking at some point. It was this girl in San Diego asked me to choke her. No, and I was like, oh, I shouldn't do that. No, that is. <laughs> but then once I did, I was like, Oh, I like this. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> some just went off. <laughs> uh, I, what? I've had, I've had that. I've had some. The girls ask me to choke them. Yeah. But I just, I'm, I'm like, man, that that just ends with a bad headline the next day. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> so. my, uh, my friend says he always um, has sex with condoms, not because he's worried about pregnancy, but because he's worried about coming inside a girl and then leaving and then her getting murdered. <laughs> and then his DNA will still be there. He'd have yeah. to explain it. Uh, how did it affect your like relationship with God? Well, the m- molestation? Yeah. Uh,. I don't know. You know, I've had doubt. I just, I just doubted religion when I was 14 years old. I'd go to these church camps, and my parents would be fighting like crazy, so my sisters would yank me out. They were older, and they would send me these To church, go to these things. Yeah, they'd send me these Church of Christ church camps, like in Medill, Oklahoma, or in Colorado. And uh, it was this craziness where these te- all the older teens would be making out on the back of the bus, <laughs> you know, the eight-hour drive there, and it was just nothing but singing and Bible study all fucking day long. I mean, all day long, this indoctrination. And they did this thing one time. Like Jesus Camp? Yeah. Yeah, and they did this thing one time where they said, uh, go out into the woods and don't come back in until God has spoken to you. Oh, come on. To a fucking Uh, kid? 14. 13 or 14. (sighs) So you just got to make something up, right? No. I went out into the woods, and all of a sudden, I'm seeing kids leaving the woods, and they're crying. They got tears running down their eyes, and you got your Bible with you, and you got all you're you're supposed to be reading all the different parts of the Bible. And I'm I'm waiting, and I'm waiting for some to hear some voice, and I'm waiting for some part of the sky to open up. Yeah. And fucking the one thing my old man gave me was this bullshit meter, and I'm really good at detecting when people are full (laughs) of shit. I've always been able to do it. I always knew when a girl was cheating on me. I could always tell when something uh, was going on with a friend where I was getting – there's just this detector where you go, this is fucking bullshit. And I'm sitting there and at 14 and I came back and I remember being the only one in the group that said, I didn't hear a thing. No one talked to me. Everyone else said yes. Yeah. And I just I just have always had a doubt about religion since then. Drove my mother crazy when she got sober. She was like, you've got to go back to church. You've got to read your Bible. I was like, no, like, Why? Really. 
Why? Uh, why go waste my time pretending in something? And then, then the old fallback, I forget what it's called. There's actually a name for it where you uh, just believe just in case. Which That not, seems like that's agnostic to yeah, me. Yeah, it's not possible to believe if you don't believe. Right. So, yeah, you're right. And I, People are like, well, maybe. The, the idea that's like, but you never know, like that reasoning, right. but you never know, but maybe. Yeah. That, you won't accept that in any other part of your life. And it, maybe bears talk. Like, no, they don't. Like, but maybe. Well, the old thing is that, like, you. let's say the, my, my best friend is a hardcore born again Christian. He still lives in East Texas and we get in these arguments and he'll go, oh yeah, the big bang that just happened. And I go, even if the big bang didn't happen, the fallback, there's a billion possibilities other than b- before the Bible comes mm-hmm. along and they just don't, they just don't get it. My friends, when they're trying to convince me not to leave the faith, like when I was starting to have real like crises of, of faith where I was like, I don't think I'm into this. I don't think I believe it. It's not in my heart. And they were like, well, how do you think, uh, how do you think the earth was made? Do you have i I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, see. And then I was like, no, no, no. How do you think the telephone was made? Well, do you if, know how that works? If you grow up, doesn't mean a, it's God. If you go grow up in a Christian family, you will get the old. Uh, well, this is the devil tempting you. This is <sighs> this is the test. <laughs> well, then you can't ever talk. You, ever you read, can't prove it or disprove you, it. Have you ever read the New Testament? Not really. It's got all sorts of catch twenty twos built in it. Really, so that you'll stay in it. Mm. It's kind of like Amway. It's once you get in, <laughs> you can't get out. Or like the mafia. You there's all sorts of catch twenty twos. If you find something. If you're having doubt, it's the it's it's Satan tempting you. Wow! It's this scary other beast walking walking around the planet. Wow! So. Wait, so you had to like that dude was in your community? You had to like run into him and stuff. It just didn't go. Yeah, on Yeah, but that, that was only two years, and we moved. Okay, so it was it was it was over with. And then you heard about him or something, yeah. but you just like knew that was a thing that happened and whatever. Yeah, but didn't never talked about it until just five or six years ago. What was wor- I hate comparing things. But like, what was more? What? Eh. What was worse? The getting blown or blowing him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know there's you're, no worse. Ari is. You're fascinated with. I this. get fascinated by so much stuff. I just want to know this about blows stuff. Blows you away. Yeah. What was worse? You know, you know. Was it all the same? Guys thing? listening to this uh, podcast right now are not going to like this subject, but th- neither was worse at the time. At the time, it was. You were enjoying it. That's yeah. the trick about molestation. Okay. But now that I'm older, I don't. You were just enjoying the good feelings. But yeah, but I don't sit around and fucking worry that a dick has been in my mouth. It's hilarious. No, to no, me. yeah, not that. But, I mean, but that's hilarious to me. The I, that that's funny to me that that we make such a big deal that men make such a big deal about sexuality. Yeah, women don't really. No, they don't. That's why lesbianism is considered cool. You know, uh-huh. that's why every guy wants to see two girls get it on. Yeah, it's like you if know? you touch a penis by accident, you're like, Ugh. the worst part. Nothing's of gonna it, happen. The to worst you. part of it for me was, yeah, that it became this this big secret. the The worst part that it is that it sexualizes you way too early. Yeah, that's the worst part. Yeah, second, Eleven is too early. Second worst part is it's this story that resides in the back of your head that you can never tell anybody that you can't admit to that you can't let out, and it's been you know it's it's absolutely you know been freedom to let that out. And uh, I think it's kind of been cool that some dumb disc jockey will said that on the air and maybe somebody out there, it happened to them and they heard me making jokes about my own thing and maybe it made them a little, feel a little bit better. As a matter of fact, I've not, I've have had people write me and tell me that. Yeah. So, I was going to ask yeah. like what are other people, other victims, like how do they react to you being like flippant about it or however you are? No, on ever, air? I've never really had anybody get mad about it. They always go, I've had people write me and go, well, thank you. It's just fucking amazing that I can hear you talk about it and I don't feel so bad about what, and what, then they, went, on, yeah, what went on with me. Yeah. There's all these things that like, 
like when I started masturbating, I felt like such an evil person. Before I knew I've, all my other friends did it, I was like, I'm not part of society. I'm disgusting. And my friends would even admit sometimes to me. My friend Chaim Zakheim said that once. He was like, yeah, I masturbate to you. It feels really good. See, I that, was like, And I was like, no. That's totally foreign to me. The, the, the glottal thing that the Jews can do, like when you grew up in Texas. The glottal Texas. thing? Well, whatever that is. Where you, the, where, what, what's the guy's name again? Chaim Zakheim. See, that's not even in my vocabulary. Oh, the chaim. When, yeah. when you grow up in Texas, there's no chaim. No, there isn't. No, there's no <laughs> No Jews in West Texas. None. I had a story about him. We wanted to get some like James Worthy poster signed, and I was telling him on stage, and just saying Chaim, everyone started laughing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that is a normal name. Did you do the whole uh, uh, bar mitzvah and the whole thing? Oh yeah. And so yeah, you, I studied you, for a year. Do you remember all the all the chants and all that stuff, all the singing? I remember a lot. Of, I mean, oh, if if my family is like starts singing in Hebrew, in old Hebrew, I'm yeah. right there with. Where them. are your parents from? Uh, my dad's from Romania, right? Uh, and then oh. moved to Israel after the war. Okay, so you're like first generation American, yeah. Uh huh. My mom, she was here for a few generations. Wow. But um, yeah, my dad came over after after the Israeli. How morning. do you deal with anti-Semitism? I don't see it that much. Yeah. I um, like I, a couple times when I was little, I remember these older late older girls, like seventeen year olds on the bus. They had one of those um birds that drink from a from yeah. water, whatever those things are, and uh. She was holding it up behind me, going "Yamaka Pecker." It's a Yamaka Pecker, and I was so scared to turn around, so I just like took it. Well, I think as a as a kid growing up, we always looked at. I always thought it when I first as a kid, I always thought of Jews as as a, just some another church that people went to. Like I didn't know church well, of Judaism. Yeah, I thought you just went to church. You uh-huh. just go to a different church. You, you're you go to the same boring shit. Just a it's almost the ceremony. same. We have stuff in other languages mostly, yeah. but it's like yeah, you go and say a bunch of stuff that you don't really care about over oh, and over God. and over again. God, it's the same passage of the week. Wait, there was something I was going to ask you. We're going to burn in hell for this, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is something freeing about just admitting, like you hold on. To, I've done it so many times. You hold on to these secrets, and then once you let it go, you're like, oh, why did I even care? Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it just loses all its power once you just share. No, that's absolutely happened to me. That's been the coolest thing about having my, my the job here, and you know, being able to just to say things. Evolve. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gotten it's maybe it's with I, it was depressions and mushrooms all at the same time, um, and maybe growing up a little bit too. But it was, uh, it just felt like yeah, we're all, nothing matters. We're all the same. Just no, share and, with your experience. Doesn't matter. Thing, I, I'm, it's so hard to put into words. I've been freaking. I've been freaking out since I was a kid. And my brother said to me one day, uh, we were talking about something, and I go, "Well, something about infinity." And I didn't st- understand the concept of infinity. And it's he hard said, when to wrap your head around. He, he said something about the universe. I remember this was my first panic attack, and I said, "Well, the universe ends." And he goes, "No, it doesn't." I go, "Yeah, it does. It's got to have an ending. There's a there's a wall out there somewhere." And my brother goes, "What's on the other side of the wall?" Boom. <laughs> That was it. And blew your mind. I've been in constant panic ever since. And that's the thing that I get back to that I was talking about earlier, where I've just lately been looking around and at the insanity of politics and religion and people in general and the way that they think and treat each other. And I've realized that we're, we're, we're I think Bill Hicks said, we're viruses with shoes. We're just, we're that's <laughs> to destroy we're, you know, the earth. That's kind of, I mean, I still enjoy the love of my children. It's pretty, pretty amazing. You know, people, you can't, People talk about that, and I used to say that was bullshit. What, whatever, fuck it. It's just kids, but it's kind of, you know, that that's something to hang on to. But the, for the rest of it, we're we're living in it. It's an insane time, you know. It's always been what, what? insane, though. Yeah, it's getting more rational. It is getting more rational. People are fighting the rationality. I'm feeling there's there's become. Oh yeah, it's plugged in. Um, there's a uh, more of like a 
backlash from the atheists. So it seems like that's all over. Atheists are more talking. Like, this is normal. Yeah. Like, not believing in stuff is the norm. Yeah. And I'm not going to, like, pretend atheists, to hide it oh, anymore. Oh, that was another. I used to make fun of uh, Madeline Murray O'Hare lived in Austin. And who I was that? Madeline Murray O'Hare was the biggest atheist. She was a, the woman who took, uh, took, went to, to the Supreme Court in the 60s. And yeah. you can imagine how hated she was. And she lived here. First of all, a woman to be able to go there at the 60s. She lived tough. in Austin with her kids, and they ran the atheist uh, whatever here. And they were, and I used to just say nasty things about them on the air. I used to say, uh, well, the reason they're ugly is because they don't believe in God, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> just, just stuff that I was parroting from my childhood. And unfortunately, they got they were murdered. And they uh, yeah, and uh, for being atheists? No, no, no. This it was a whole another deal. Somebody was trying to steal from them and ended up killing them all and putting them in barrels. And uh, I wish I could apologize Whoa. for being such an asshole and the things I said because atheists used to be such a nasty, dirty word. It really did. Yeah, you know, I still hesitate to say I'm an atheist, but then I hold out eternal hope that there's something. I heard Doctor Drew say this once about bisexuality. He called it sexual um, immaturity, um, and I sort of view Doctor Drew as like somewhat of an expert. You right, know, like he knows what he's talking about to a degree. Who's ten percent of his patients die? <laughs> really, ten percent of celebrity rehab is dead. Oh, 10, yeah. 10% of the people. But anyway, finish your point. Um, he said it's just sexual immaturity. Like, you're not, you're refusing to make up your mind to go all the way to gay. Yeah. Because you're like, well, maybe I'm still a little bit. Where it's like, come on, you know what you are. Right. Um, I feel like that for agnostics also. Yeah. And I'm like, probably just there. Fucking jump in. Yeah. I, it's just a, it's just a matter of you know the water's fine. <laughs> it's just weird when you have kids and you think, oh god, you know, and I'm older and I'm I'm 50 and my kids are you know just now and I'm going fuck. I want to I want to you know I want to see them again. It's it's see who again. My kids. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's illogical. Like right now, when I just said it, that's illogical. To want to see your children again? It's illogical to think that there's going to be a place. Oh, in a, heaven, a see place, them again. Not, there's, there's, I don't believe in heaven. There's going to be a place that I'm going to see them again. We all get to hang out in this beautiful hall with clouds around for some right. reason. Right. So. Did, uh, did all this stuff that happened to you affect your ability to make gay jokes? Like, more or less? Cause yeah, I mean, we'll... Yeah, I think that's just a matter of... of that's just kind of kind of been weeded out, but I'll, I'll, I'll like I've got a gay nephew. I'll bust. We'll, I'll make, he'll make the jokes. We'll make the jokes to each other. It's just, you know, well, there's a, a type it, of it's joke. It's the that, thing we talk about where we say that if 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 you take away the the, the gravitas of it all, yeah. that you're hurting somebody. If you're not hurting somebody, then it's okay. If it's just you and if, if I was to say something about your, if I knew you better and was to say something about your upbringing, it's okay because I'm your friend. Right. Then it's totally okay. Yeah. Like if someone with cerebral palsy falls, right. you can right. laugh at them yeah. because they're your buddy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Man, that's fucking tough, dude. No, it's all right. It's been a great life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do you, do you want to like live in regret or something? Do you want to like stay like victimy? Because you no, don't seem like it at all. Look, I, I've popped out a little bit. I mean, I still have really bad depression, and I have times where you know where I worry about what's what's the next career for me because radio's get, has just gotten so weird, you know. And I've I I, I know I can podcast, and I can know I can, but I, I've got these kids, and I'm always wanting to go back and live in the depression and live in, and I do sometimes, but I also. What do you mean you want to go back and live well, there? so there's times where my the chemical the enough stuff will happen to me and I'll get really down and and cyclical in my thinking and and I'll and I'll get into that my wife has had to put up with it a little bit the, earlier this year but but when I think about where the stuff I came from you know I've really it's uh, I can't believe I made it through 
well, what I did. Do I wish I, I was in a, a L.A. or New York doing radio or yeah. had a syndication deal like, uh, you know, like Glenn Beck or something uh, that was the kind of stuff that I like? Uh, yeah, I do. Absolutely. But I'm not bitter about it anymore. Yeah. I know the shit that I've done on the air, the kind of show that we do where we're having fun and we're Dude, laughing. you've been on the air here for 26 years? 25 years. Almost 26 Since years. you were in your 20s? Yeah, since I was 20, 20. Moved here when I was 25. Yeah, a part of you must. I mean, you so, seem like a normal. You Part of you must be like, well, that's pretty lucky. No, yeah. So you know? I just go, I, I don't live with those people anymore. And I got incredible stories out of it. I mean, I'm a storyteller. That's what I do on the air. I'll go into a, we We yeah. try to tell stories. And we do. I still say we do a very unique show. I mean, people have compared me to Howard. People have compared us to this or that. But now, even Howard fans, you know, they go, you know, I love you guys too, or I love Opie. I listen to Opie and Anthony, and then I listen to you guys. And it's not. It, there's not this dumb radio war going on. Oh, but the, but the idea stupid. that I've the idea that I got all the way here, and I don't have to sit and defend it anymore. I don't have to defend 25 years of being. A, I don't have to defend 25 years of doing what I wanted to do when I was 16 years old. <laughs> yeah. I don't have That's to. impossible to be able and to when do it's that. Over, and when it's over, I'll, it'll be that. That'll be what I did. That'll that'll mm-hmm. be it. That's so, your legacy, pretty much, right? So I don't sit and and. Uh, but man, to think about the the, the, the childhood and the, all that shit, it's it's almost like it was had to happen to get to where you are. You know? Yeah. Right. Well, it's like if you're going to become this person you are that you're probably happy with. You know, I got a cool wife and kids, whatever. Yeah. Like that needed to happen in that order had to, to get happen. you there. Yeah. That had to absolutely happen. Yeah. And I also had to ha- had to wait. To marry a younger woman later because I was so immature. She's she's nineteen years, three hundred and sixty three days, twenty years younger than you. Wow! So it had it had to wait. Congratulations! It had to wait until I matured enough to handle the family, and also I had to wait. uh, You know, any of the other ones would have would have killed me. So, Um, yeah, yeah, I'm into younger women too. There's so much. Well, I I wasn't. She actually pursued me, but that's a whole other story. How old were you? Forty four. And she, and she started writing me on MySpace. Yeah, and she said, uh, you know, and she had all these pictures of her and her boyfriend, and said was asking me to go to. She like she wanted me to go to a, a, a play with her in the park, and, and I'm like, wait, she's hugging this guy on her MySpace page, and I'm, I thought, oh well, shit, maybe she thinks I'm gay or something, and wants to take <laughs> me to a to a to a musical. Yeah, and. Uh, Anyway, she writes me one day and says, my boyfriend broke up with me. And I said, well, let me take you to dinner. And it was the first time I'd ever taken a chick to dinner without thinking I'm going to try to fuck her. Oh, really? And we walked Why, because you built up a relationship ahead of time online? Yeah, we kind of, we, well, we knew each other. We did, some, we did some events together. Okay. And uh, she was way out of my league. And, uh, and then, In terms of hotness? Oh, yeah. Okay. And I was just like, well, this isn't going to happen. She's way too, I'm, she's too young. So we go to this dinner and I, and I talked to her about, well, you need a, an older guy in his early 30s who's not wanting to fuck everything that moves and it'll get better. And as we're walking out, she grabbed my hand and said, hey, let's go get another drink. And the next thing I know, we were fucking pregnant and now here we are. Wait, really? Yeah. But like right away? Oh, six weeks we got pregnant. Fucking <laughs> crazy. And nobody said it would last, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You want to ask for apologies to those people, don't you? No, not really. I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. We still have to, man, I'm, you know, and I don't know if it will last. I don't know, you know, you just don't know, but fuck, you know. I want to get an apology from every one of my friends when they demeaningly was like when they got married or found some girls like you just haven't been in love yet you'll find the right girl i want when every one of them got divorced i want them to be like hey remember when you said that yeah <laughs> like yeah. that was really annoying yeah but you might you you, you never know oh yeah Life, absolutely yeah. i never thought i'd have kids i was at that point where i go i'll never have kids i'm, I'm gonna be like my high school speech teacher you know yeah how was it being like an older so. father 
so far it's okay. I'm sure it's you're not tough. Older. It's, no, it's 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 just it's tough because it's you just can't move like you used to move, and you can't mm-hmm. get it. You know, and my wife wants to do every fucking event that happens. She wants to go to ACL Austin City Limits Festival. She wants to go with the kids. No, no, she wants to, to do, do everything. Stuff. You know, tonight we're going out. You know, we're having oh, yeah. dinner. That's the weird thing. I'm having shock jock. I'm close friends with the police chief here, so we're going to dinner, which is kind of a weird kind of relationship, but it's actually kind of interesting. So. Yeah. That's a yeah. weird thing for me when I date younger people because they, they want to do stuff that, like, you know, 23-year-olds want to do. Right. And you're like, that's cool. I just don't have the energy to do it four no, you times don't. a week. No, you don't. No, no, no. And I don't. I don't have the, you know, and I'm up at 4.15 every morning. Yeah. And I'm be- i got to be in bed by 10. And so it's, uh, I've, I've relegated it to weekends, and she just packs the weekends. So. Full of things to yeah. do. Yeah. All right. She's well, actually downstairs waiting on me. Is she really? Yeah. You left her in the car? No, no, no. She went and did some shit. Oh, oh okay. And spent some money. Nice. She writes, oh my God, your sister's house was nasty. We're outside, but take your time. So there you go. Um, do you want to say your Twitter address or anything? Yeah, I'm uh, Dale Dudley. That's D-A-L-E-D-U-D-L-E-Y on Twitter. And then we also have taintandteabag.com, which is spotty, but we're doing a live podcast next Friday, so there will be a new one up, and we've done One in a year is not enough. you got to do... No, no, no. I know, dude. And we, we, well, we did a ton of them last year, but it's just a matter of getting together on the weekends now to do, to do this. Right. But we're going to try to do, do more. We're doing a live one. So that's taintandteabag.com, and that's on iTunes. And then the radio show, which is available every day, best way to listen to it live is on TuneIn app or Stitcher. And then if you want to listen to it later on, uh, podcast, it's, uh, it's on iTunes, KLBJFM, Dudley and Bob, which okay. sounds, sounds silly and goofy. Taint and Teabag. <laughs> I love those things Bob. that nobody even really notices. Thanks for letting me do this, man. And, no, uh, thank you for doing appreciate it. appreciate it. And I'm, you know, I love you. And it, I'm always worried that I'm not going to get a chance, like if the radio show ends, to, I'll never get to say thank you to you and Joe and all the guys have done it. But for I really, what? Oh, yeah. I'm just coming through and, you know. Yeah, it just seems like a cool, fun thing. Hooking up and, and uh, being able to do something. That's the only hard part is waking up, yeah. getting out of bed. Yeah. But then once you're out, you're like, yeah, this yeah. is better than... Honestly, your show is way, way cooler than some oh, of the thanks. stuff you get subjected to. Yeah, well, thanks. I appreciate it. We're trying. Yeah. We're trying. There's a few shows like that that I wouldn't mind. Like, Ona is one of them where it's like, hey, if I'm there and I got nothing to promote, I'll just come in. Yeah. Just because it's sort of enjoyable. Yeah. As long as I can get myself to wake up. Right. Love those guys. Yeah. Um, well, thanks, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. it. You should do. Um, you should. Have you ever done your podcast like right after you finished the radio? Just gone out to eat. And oh yeah, start we've recording? done. Yeah, we've done. Actually, gone in the office and done it with some with some some folks. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to actually get to do it once you do. It's like yeah, cool. but once you get off the the four hours of radio, you don't want to do anything. Last huh? thing you want to do is yeah. pick up a microphone. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Thanks. All right, cool. I'll talk to you later. I don't usually, I'm doing the wrap up right now. I don't usually do these uh, like right afterwards. Oops. Um, but I figured, uh, why not just do it right when I uh, finished hearing it? That was, uh, that was awesome. I really like when people are into not overly emotionalizing a subject. Let's just talk about it normally. Um, and man, Dale did. That was great. Uh, thanks, man. Thank you very much for doing that. That was cool. Um, 
Uh, I guess uh, let me say a couple things about my sponsors again. Uh, Amazon.com. If you go through my website, and um, and ah oh, fuck, I forgot to give them the fifty bucks. Fuck. All right. Well, next time I'm in Austin, somebody remind me to give that guy fifty bucks. Fuck. Oh, he's already gone. Maybe Bearden will show up tonight. Crud much. Anyway, um, yeah, Amazon.com. If you go to my website and click on the Amazon banner and then do your Amazon shopping, then um, then I get paid. And so then uh, that'll help get me money that I can forget to give to my guests once in a while, <laughs> like I just did for Dale. Fuck, maybe I'll give Bearden the money or see if somebody's going to be here. Um, um, and then also Gamefly.com. If you go to Gamefly.com slash Ari, uh, you sign up for a free two-week trial. Just go there and fucking get a game. Sign up, get a game, play it for a week, return it, cancel your subscription. I don't care. But they give me fucking money for, for, for whatever I want to spend it on. Uh, hookers and drugs or whatever. Um, definitely not cleaning ladies because that never happens. Um, so please go to one of those. And then um, let me just – I mean, Dale doesn't have any stand-up gigs, so let me just give you some of my gigs that I have coming up. Who knows when this is going to come out. Um, I'll just run through them quickly. Crackers in Indianapolis, September 26th through the 28th. Um, um, uh, La Jolla in uh, San Diego with Renazisi and Steve Simone, October 12th, 13th. Uh, the DC Improv, October 19th through the 21st. Helium in Portland, Oregon. Helium, the t- October 25th, 26th, 27th. Then Calgary, I got Yuck Yucks, uh, November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. House of Blues in Chicago, November 8th. If the tickets aren't already sold out, you should get them already. It's me and Joey Diaz doing a show at the House of Blues in Chicago, November 8th. It's available on Ticketmaster. Hurry up and get those tickets. And then right from there, I'm going to the New York Comedy Festival. I'm doing The Stand. I am doing two sh- solo shows, just stand-up shows, the 9th and the 10th. And then the 10th during the day, like 6 p.m., we're doing a live um, podcast, a live Ari Shafir Skeptic Tank. So I have no idea how it's going to go. Um, I'm still figuring out how I should deal with the format, one guest or a lot of guests or just – I don't know, but we're going to do it. So 6 p.m. at the stand. It's possible it's 6.30, but who fucking cares? You're going to be late anyway, right? Um, so yeah, that should be cool. Come to those. And then um, uh, I got my next Storyteller show, November 27th. Oh, fuck. There's one in October, too, but I don't know when it is. Well, I'll say it later. And that should be out on iTunes in October, probably, uh, my last Storyteller show. I'm going to start putting them up. I got permission from everybody except Neil Brennan, uh, who told a story about some celebrity he doesn't want to get out, which is totally cool. But the rest of them are all going to be up online. Uh, in the next month or so, but right now, the, what's going to go up is my album, Revenge for the Holocaust. It's available on iTunes. Please, everyone, go get it. If you want to support me, go get my iTunes album. It's it's seven ninety nine. It's not even that much, but it's really it's. I'm really happy with it. So, please get it. And the artwork is sick. Um, all right, and then maybe a Seattle date in uh, in December. We'll see. So thank you guys very much for tuning in. Thank you very much to Dale Dudley. Uh, man, I really appreciate people being cool like that and just talking. I try to like, not, you know, not judge, not come to a place of judgment in any way, and just fucking talk and try to get the facts. Man, I really, I would, I would have thought that would have led him to sort of hate God or anything. But, um, but yeah, it didn't. I guess there's a ton of different ways you can go with that. Like you said, that Ku Klux Klan guy. You know, you can rebel and become hateful, 
or you can rebel and become super um what's the opposite of hateful loving i don't know there's there's so many ways to react from fucking a hardship and it's interesting to see the different ways i had a a guy in my sleepaway camp i think his name might have been philip something i'm not sure but um maybe mike diamond not the beastie boys i think it was i think his name is mike diamond but he his uh they told him at sleepaway camp the counselors had to come in and they told him that his dad died uh he was away he was from wherever new york or something and he's in pennsylvania in some sleepaway camp and they told him his father passed away while he was gone um there's no right way to say that to somebody i remember them saying like hey and telling him and, th- and this kid just started laughing he just started laughing and people like that's the wrong reaction and like right then i knew like there's no right reaction to have you can do whatever the fuck you want your body just reacts however it reacts man so anyway uh so thanks dale dudley for talking to me um that's it everybody uh ari shafir skeptic tank number uh oh i haven't even numbered this yet because i don't know when it's coming out yet um nor do i know what i'm supposed to call it at all but uh fuck so well thanks dale dudley ari shafir skeptic tank number 70 something or low 80s um molestation no i'll name it something cool I should have asked him about Michael Jackson too, right? Yeah, I wonder how he felt about that stuff. Uh, anyway, so that's it, everybody. That's the episode. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, subscribe on iTunes and uh, Stitcher or anything else. And uh, with all my episodes, go to my website, arethegreat.com. And you can see extra features like the music I use. I usually put some videos up of the music I use for the episode. People want to know what it is. Um, and anything else might be germane to the episode that I remember. And, uh, and that's it, you guys. Thanks. Seriously, thanks, Dale. Um, I'll see you guys next week. Oh, and also go to my website for all my, my tour dates. Uh, the merch is there also. But really, the only reason I do any of this is come see me live. See me live. That's all I care about in life. That's all I care about. Come see my show. I'm really happy with my stand-up right now. So come see it. Thank you. I need audience members. I need. I don't want to like shove like my art down your throat. I don't want to be like Edgar Allan Poe saying, "Listen to my poem." But like, but like, I really. Want, I need a to be a good big audience. It makes it better. If there's seven people there, it's not as fun as if there's seven hundred. So I want everyone to come out. It, it's just a better experience for me. It's a selfish thing, but I will have more fun if you come out. Plus, if you listen to this podcast, you're cool probably like if you've made it that far through a child molestation story um you're probably you're probably cool you have an interesting mind that wants to hear about this stuff or you're a child molester and you got some weird sexual uh pleasure out of it um but chances are you're just cool so you're the type of person i want to come to my show um people afterwards talk to me all the time about like you know episodes they've liked uh and i sort of like that i like hearing about it you know um so yeah, say hi after the show and tell me about the stuff you like in particular. I enjoy hearing it. Uh, all right, this wrap-up has lasted way too long. So thank you. Uh, goodbye, everyone.